Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. Um, today we're going to be talking about Tweaking Four, and I am going to be joined by the ever awesome Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm sick, but it's whatever. Oh, you, <laughs> you got cold or you got the vid? Uh, I think I'm recovering from the vid because I'm pretty sure Nicole had it because she got tested positive for it. But when I tested, I tested negative, so I'm not quite sure what the deal with that is. Hmm. But I guess it's like a 95, the tests or whatever, like a 90, only 95% accuracy, so right. I guess maybe I got that 5% or negative test. Hadn't started all the way yet? Oh, that could be. Yeah, because I only started getting symptoms like a, a week ago, I guess. Yeah, last Wednesday. So, I don't know. I guess it lasts a while. It felt just like a, a cold or a mild flu or something. Not even that bad. I was like, all right. Gotcha. So who knows? Um, so, Sweden 4, this is the game you picked. you want to tell anybody why you picked it? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned this the other day. Or I don't, maybe I did or didn't, but um, the last podcast. But uh, I haven't played a sequel to game in... Probably since five came out, so, and I like it's been like one of those things in my head. Like, I want to play again one day. And you get like, you and uh, Brent had already did the first three for the show, so I was like, well, let's do four, so that we way we can play five because I really want to play five again. Because when I played five originally, um, I rented it first, and then I never beat it, and then I bought it like here years later and beat it but like it was so disjointed i think i missed out on some of the experience you know because i couldn't remember who characters are and all that kind of stuff so i want to play it again all the way through but i was like i want to we can't just we could i guess just pick five but i figure we get this one out of the way so I just complete the series that, that makes sense um i was listening like on over christmas break i was driving home and i put on uh in three Cause I was kind of thinking about that anyways. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what they thought of sequel in three. Cause I remember having a good time with it because the whole, like you get to play as the villains at the end and all that kind of stuff. And I liked the, you know, it was pretty decent. I thought it was a 
pretty good story. As much as like the gameplay wasn't the best, but I think the story was still pretty good. Do you agree with that or no? Probably around chapter was it chapter four, three or four when everybody meets up and they actually start unifying the story. It starts to get better, I guess, because then you're not trying to juggle the three viewpoints, or I guess technically four, with uh, the hell's his name, Thomas, I guess. Uh, then like it starts to become like a more ho- a cohesive narrative as opposed to like three the three four viewpoints, and you're like, okay, I'm just watching the same events just from somebody else's point of view. Cool. All right, can we? I've already seen this. Can we keep going? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like playing as Luke and his posse as like the bonus chapter uh, was pretty cool because then you like get the motivations behind why he's doing this. And he's not actually like he's doing a fucked up thing, but he's not doing it because he's evil or whatever. So, yeah, it was a. It was, I guess it was a good story. It was. Well, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> and it had like. A lot, I mean, there's still enough characters where you can get excited about it, you know? Or it's, like, still places you know, or it's still connected to that uh, first two yeah. games, even though more tangentially than actually. Like, you know, there's... I think if you upload your save, like, it just has, like, the character's names or something in a book or something like that. Yeah, and you get some extra plays or something and some random items. Spawn. Yeah, nothing, like, like okay. to do with the story. It's not like... That, that was one of the coolest things about the second game. It was like, oh, I can get my hero, badass hero from the first game and, like, just own people. Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh... But, yeah. So, well, I will say it was a better story than the one in this game, so... Oh, yeah. So, this story, I got... I mean, we'll get to it, but this is probably the worst story Seeked in and... I mean, it's a shit story all around. <laughs> yeah. There's, like... It's so basic, and, like, no, like, all the characters are just, like, cardboard cutouts, you know? There's nothing, no depth. Even, like, like the, the, I mean, I hate silent protagonists anyways, because it, there's nothing, like, it's, I don't know, I just feel like it takes you out of it, because it's, like, they're, no, they're not talking. Everyone's just talking around him, you know? Yeah. Like I said, we'll get into it, but. Yeah. It's pretty rough. Um... All right, so if you're new here, uh, the way we usually do stuff is we have uh, six categories that we talk about, um, and we usually rate them on a scale from one to five, and we include our pros and cons, or what we liked and disliked. Um, we do allow half scores on the rating, because I fucked that up early on, but uh, it, so it ultimately turns into like a 10-point scale, but I needed that little extra half point to be a little bit more concise, so that's the way it is. No, I think I think it's better to have uh, ten points. So yeah, it provides more like it's not like a super like nitty gritty like rating or whatever, but it it gets more nuanced, I guess, in that way. Like you could say, oh, like the difference between like a two and a three is a lot more different than a two point five and a three. Like there's something that you can add with that 0.5 to be like okay it's not like super shit but it's it's okay right kind of thing gotcha so it's like uh, above shit but below average <laughs> yeah pretty much it's like it's uh it's 
it's not too bad. Like I've played worse kind of thing. There's redeeming qualities. Yeah, the little point fives are like okay. This there was something that I liked that saved this. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I get you. Um, all right. So speaking of four, it is the fourth game in the Suikoden series, and it's the first one that was not had nothing to do with the original series creator. Uh, because he left sometime in the middle of Suikoden 3. I don't know why. Probably at creative differences or something. And then Konami stole his baby. But good news is, uh, if you're uh, interested in Suikoden and you haven't heard about it, uh, there was a Kickstarter for... Uh, fuck. Is it Chronicles or something like that, right? Yeah. God damn it. Uh, well, anyway, so there's a Kickstarter for that. What the hell can I remember the name? Um, and they, it was pretty successful, and they got a bunch of funding, I guess. So they're making a... Well, him and his, I guess, original... Some of his original crew are making a virtual successor. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah, it's kind of like how Harvest Moon's, like, suck now. But, like, the guy who created Harvest Moon, there's, like, the new version. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes, because Nanami or whatever the not Natsumi owns the IP, and they just pump out like shit cash grab phone game type Harvest Moons or something. Yeah, and then there's like uh, the original people are, are off into a new company making like uh, it's not Ruined Factory. That's another Harvest Moon game. I know what you're talking about. They're making like another very similar. It's Harvest Moon, but it's not Harvest Moon. Yeah, I think it already came out and it was, like, really good. God, I'm going to have to look that up while we're, while we're talk, figuring this out. Um, so, Suite of Four was released in August 2004 in Japan and early 2005 in North America and Europe. It is the first game, I believe, directed by Masayuki Saruta. Saruta? I guess. Um, the only other game he directed was Suikoden 5, and he worked on Suikoden Tactics as well. Um, he was like a producer or something, right? I think it was like sound design or something. I checked his IMDb like five minutes ago. Yeah, it was. There's not much there, so <laughs> it's like he dis- yeah. disappeared after Secret in Five. I wonder if he's like he made this and people are like, oh, "That's kind of shit. Do better." And then they made Secret in Five, and everybody's like, "Oh fuck yeah, this is great!" But then nobody bought it because like, well, Secret in Four sucked, but I always funny on Secret in Five. And he's got maybe he got disheartened and left the industry. Fuck this. Which is a shame because if they had kept him on and made it like Suikin and Six and he did what he did in Suikin and Five, uh, it could have been a great game. Yeah, but that, that'll never happen because fuck Konami. <laughs> is it Story of Seasons, or is that? I, th- I think so. Okay. Because uh, there are a bunch of Story of Seasons games yes so yeah don't buy harvest moon anymore because that's shit now but by we could be wrong i guess i, I don't play those games i don't oh, know that's, that's kind of a... i think i think natsumi still publishes this hmm anyways that was that was an well, analogy I can't. Remember. I know there's uh, some other people that have done it. Like, uh, well, I think the reverse happened with like Mighty Number no. Nine. They're like, this is shit. Uh, we're gonna have to get regular Mega Man back. 
Oh yeah. So. But yeah, the the original creator of Suikoden, uh, he's I guess there's two games coming out. The Iodin Chronicles or whatever it's called. Uh yeah, there's Iodin Chronicles, the straight series, and then they have like Iodin Chronicles Rising, which I guess is a side-scrolling hack and slash or something. I thought it was more of like an action RPG. Um, I guess they call it action RPG, but the description I thought it was like side scrolling. Oh, okay. So I always just say it's a hack and slash, but it's a side scroller, even though it's like I guess more. Sometimes you have like actual combo inputs and shit, but. But yeah, it's supposed to just give you kind of like a base of like who, what the world is going to be and stuff like that. So. That's this year, and the next year is supposed to be the Chronicles game. So, but that's what I'm I'm excited because like the I mean you saw the if you saw the Kickstarter like it's what your you know what you always hoped the next sequel game would look like like visually it looks amazing I think. Oh, definitely. Like they showed some of like the com- combo attacks and it was like fucking badass. It was so badass. <laughs> Yeah, they got a pretty sweet dynamic camera in the battles, so it like zooms in and out and follows characters and all this kind of shit. It's pretty cool, and it's which like... is funny because this game has a dynamic camera in battles, but it's kind of shit. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's shit. <laughs> uh, but I, like, uh, this is kind of gameplay, or but uh, like they start talking about gameplay, huh? We can start talking about gameplay. Yeah. So the character models look like, I don't know, they look so bad. <laughs> like they, if they just kept the 2D sprites, I think it would look so much better. But like it was like the PlayStation 2 era where everyone's trying to do 3D shit and it looked like garbage. Uh, I hate, I hate like the main character's eyes are so fucking big on his head. He looks like a cartoon character and it's just so hard to like, like when, every time he like blinks, it's like comical. Like, he's just sitting there with a dumb fucking look on his face. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> nope. Uh, the only, he's the only character that I had an issue with. I thought everybody else's, like, uh, facial features and body were, like, proportional. And they looked okay. Uh, like, I didn't mind the 3D character stuff at all and I, I thought they did a really good job on the animations the animations for all the characters when like there was cutscenes were very lifelike except for the your, only, except it's for only outside big fucking head and its eyeballs just wandering around uh yeah it's like a fucking bobblehead or something i don't <laughs> understand that i don't know he looked like a, he had the cat a cat face like they took one of the fucking naked molds and they just put human shit on him and they're like oh yeah that works <laughs> Yeah, the I, mean, so, I just I just prefer that two D style better. I think that's why I just I just compare it to that, and it's just like compared to that, it's just garbage. Because you know, like when you have the loading screen, you can see what they would look like in uh, the two D sprites. Yeah, I'm like, God, I want that. Like, it's like, oh, you're teasing me now with like what I would rather have than this shit, right? Bullshit. I will say, I think the. The three D character models in this look a lot better than the chibi deformed character models in Suikoden Three. Yeah, I guess it, they did do better on that, but still not as good as two D sprites. But it is what it is. Yep. <sighs> um, where was I going? Uh, I guess we can get in the game more gameplay. 
Okay, so first category. Gameplay. Take it away, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, so the first question I wanted to ask you, because this is kind of what uh, made me want to pick this game. Um, I always thought 4 was the worst Suikoden, and then like you and Brent in the three podcasts were saying like you rated it different i think you rated three worse than four and okay i want to know if that still stands <laughs> um i think having played through four again i would say i enjoyed the combat uh and the gameplay in general in three more because uh there was some actual like st strategy with the way you set up your characters in three um like whether they're in first position or second position influences uh, if some characters can actually attack uh, enemies or not because they have to walk up to them and shit. Um, party composition actually matters in Squeakin' 3, which is a Squeakin' staple because you usually have the front row and the back row, and your back row characters are usually long range characters or magicians. And in Squeakin' 4, you just have four characters in a line, and it doesn't matter what order you put them in. It doesn't matter. Isn't it like a back row uh, though? Like in the middle? There's a behind a little bit. Uh, if that matters, I never noticed. It doesn't because... matter, but I think it's a thing. <laughs> they try to explain it in the beginning, and you're just like, okay. I don't remember seeing anything about that at all. But I'll I'll take your word for it if they mention it. It's there. But uh, my my back row quote unquote characters got attacked a lot, so. Yeah, it didn't help him from getting attacked. It's like okay, <laughs> but yeah, to me it looked like they just kind of like did a semicircle. Yeah, because you're surrounding an enemy or whatever. It's not like a straight line, so it's like okay. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess the the setup of the characters, um, the uh, what there's like the normal Suwoden uh, staple where everyone has their main weapon that you just upgrade. Uh, and then there's equipment slots and like was there headgear, chest, like legs or feet? No, and wrist is there wrist too, right? Uh, yeah, head, chest, wrist, legs, feet. Yeah, feet. and then three accessories. Three accessories, and then you got uh, you can get up to three rune slots. So, um, and then based on. I don't know what it's based on. Maybe it's just the characters. Like, uh, you can get up. To, there's four level spells, right? Four levels of spells you can get. So there's not like magic points or anything like that. You just can use, like, before you have, before you have to rest at an inn or something, uh, or uh, do a hot tub or whatever. <clears throat> um, you have to. You basically just have to reload your spells. You get like up to eight or seven or eight of them. Uh, and as you gain levels, so you start like with only one level spell, then you go to two level spell, then three level spell, and the four level spell, and you get more as you level up, right? Uh, kind of, sort of. Like, so the way the magic works is you have uh, your magic stat, and the higher your magic stat, it unlocks more uh, tier, or like a time. A, quantities of use for the different tiers so the more common one is tier one which is like your basic spell and then the more magic points you get you'll unlock the tier two which will have a different amount of uses in it 
um, kind of like echoing, I guess, like early Final Fantasy, where you can only use certain spells a certain amount of times in that tier. Um, so it's shared between all three runes you equip if you equip runes with magic on it. Um, and I think uh, normal gameplay, by the end of the game, you'll have like nine uses of your tier one spell, like six or seven uses of your tier two spell, two to three uses of your tier four. Uh, three spell, but like one, maybe two uses of the tier four spell if you're lucky. Yeah, I think at level 99, uh, a magic user max out at uh, two. Blaine, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, Blaine, you're giving, you're giving us some feedback there. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I'll leave. <laughs> That's all good. What's up? I, I just saw you on. I was, I was like, man, I'm going to pull a nick and fuck everything up. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I'm just sitting at work, man. I guess you guys are reviewing Sweeping in, what is it, four? Correct. Yeah. All right, man. Well, have fun with that. I just wanted to listen in for a minute. Um, yeah. Have fun. Bye. All right. See ya. Okay. Oh. Now I know what it feels like. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. So where were we at? Gameplay, uh, the ruins, magic. magic stuff. Yeah. So yeah, um, and there's not like magic points really. The only thing I found, like I guess I didn't look too hard because after a certain point in the game, you can reload the magic pretty pretty quickly. You don't really have to have items, but in the beginning, there's like mushrooms that give you like one spell in each level back. So I think there's one boss I had to use them on, and then I never used them again. Think... You can also get mixed herbs, which do a full recovery, but... Oh, you can? Where do you get those I at? think... The uh, there, was, there was one in a chest at the end game, and then maybe a chest somewhere else. And then there's also the minigame you can do, which is you raise, either grow mint or you grow mushrooms. And if you do that three times successfully, uh, I think the third time... You have a callback minigame to the first weekend, which is a war minigame between mint and mushrooms. And if you win, uh, you get a mixed herbs instead of whatever plant you're growing. Oh, wow. I never... I kept going back there, and it was, he kept asking me how hot I went the room and shit. I was like, I don't I don't know what's going on. I just kept... It's like, I don't want to fuck with this. <laughs> did, you, did you mess with it? Uh, I'm a guy, too, and pretty much... You can have like four, um, I think four settings. It's like how dry do you want the room? How wet do you want the room or whatever? Like what's the temperature? How much fertilizer? How much food do you want to use or something? And depending on what you choose, uh, you'll either get like a normal mushroom or a normal mint. And they do the normal stuff where you get like shit that has like status effects to it, like a poison mushroom or a confused mushroom. And uh, as long as you do that, successfully three times whenever you unlock the minigame. Gotcha. It takes a long time because you have to like make your choices and then like go, go do shit for a while like I don't know 10-15 minutes and come back and it's like oh we're ready for you to do it again. The next phase there's like four phases of like there's like pre pre-planting or something and then like first growth Second growth, and then like harvesting, and it's like Jesus Christ! I just want, I just want the mushroom. 
<laughs> I know that's exactly how I felt. I was like, I'm not. Mess-. I was like, okay, I went through it a whole bunch of times, and I didn't get. A mu- I got one mushroom one time. I was like, all that for a mushroom? I don't even need them anymore. So I don't care. Yeah. So, um, did you ever say uh, that you like? So you like four better or three better than four now? Is that? Oh yeah. Is that your official? Yeah. Your ranking threes or four is the worst uh, of the numbered Suikidens? Yes, that will be my official. It has my seal of approval on it, I guess. Official re ranking. <laughs> That's what I was like. There's no way that three is worse than this. I was like, maybe because when you guys are talking about it, I was like, maybe it's not as bad as I remembered. And I was, and yeah, it's it's pretty. Blind. I guess I guess I used to be pretty easily influenced by Brent. Like, uh, there's a couple times where I would come into something and be more favorable towards it, and Brent would be like, no, this is dog shit, and I let him talk me down into saying whatever I might have kind of enjoyed is dog shit. (laughs) Well, actually, he had uh, had four at the end. I'm I'm pretty sure. He had four? Four is his worst game, I think. Okay. And you, I think, you were saying that there's something in three you didn't like a lot. I forget, I forget now, but there's something you really didn't like. I think it was just the beginning, like you were saying earlier, like the three different. Uh, having... Oh yeah, having to play the game three fucking times. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it's bullshit. So, um, to level up, I think it's just in this game, um, one thousand experience points each time, but you get diminishing experience points based on your level. So it's pretty easy to tell when you're about to level up. So that's nice. Um. It's also really easy to catch up other characters because of the scaling. Yes. So it's like auto-scaling, right? They scale to whatever the highest character is. So every monster you fight has like a certain like level of like amount of experience it gives you at a certain level. And like, so if you're fighting enemies, you're like level 40 and you're getting like 10 experience for each enemy, but you bring like a level one character in because the, sc- the way the scaling works is they'll jump up like 10 levels per fight until they catch up to everybody else. Yeah, I think the max you can uh, level up is 10 in one fight. Yeah, they have a cap of like 10,000 total experience points. Yeah. So, <clears throat> the the there's like a level 99 trick. I mean, it's not it's not really a trick. Trick you have to put, you know, really have to grind, but in the bottom of your ship there's like a um what is it like a Training room? Training room. <clears throat> and one of the characters there will... Uh, you'll have to do five battles in a row, and they get progressively... like I think they might start like a couple levels below you, and they might end up a couple levels a high, higher than you. And after you hit a certain level in the game, that's the only way you can fight higher-level enemies. Um, so like I think you'll gain like two levels, two to three levels um, each time you make it through the five fights. But then, so basically, you take uh, you and you take uh, what's the guy with the bow and arrow? Is it Tim? Ted. Ted. You take Ted. Uh, just use those two so you get more experience points. Um, you can just run through everyone because Ted has some good rune magic. Uh, <clears throat> and then you can take anybody else through there, and it only take like, basically ten battles to get them to level ninety nine. So you can really. Uh, overpower yourself and break the the game before you do the final like ship battle and final dungeon 
You can probably do it earlier, but um, yeah, at least have Ted. Yeah, and you might want to. Oh, and you need speed rings. That's yeah. A... You can't. Well, I think you can buy those kind of early. Yeah, but they just like... cost a lot of money. Yeah, they're like ten thousand bucks a piece or something like that. Yeah, twenty thousand. Maybe twenty thousand. And um, I was doing a lot of the trading too, so I had some money built up, so I was able to do that once I got Ted and. <clears throat> But uh, the reason you want speed rings is that some of the characters that you fight get the first. If they're faster than you, they can wipe you out. You know, with uh, the rune, the wind rune or um, a lightning rune, they can just take you out like in one shot. So you have to be faster than them. Another thing, there's some that there's some characters if you if you put them on uh, your boat like they're so. You have your main party, but on your ship you can have like two other parties. I don't know why. Like I guess if you're in a, a ship battle, you can actually use that team instead. I don't know why you would, but um, well, there's like one or two boss fights where you can switch teams on the ship. Okay. For some reason, you don't really need to. It's not necessary. It's just kind of there. Um, but if they're on those, if they're on that ship, they won't show up in the training grounds. So like the more tougher guys that are really uh, hard to beat when they're leveled up you put them on there so it makes it an easier run and it's it's all based I've, i learned all that from this whoever wrote that guide on game faqs like he did a really really good job of figuring that out so <clears throat> i mean it's fun to have level 99 guys and you know all your characters are badass because really you only need uh hero ted um, Kilika is her name. Kilika, Kika, Kika. So Kika, because she has the Falcon Room, right? Yeah. And was that attack eight times? I don't. Know. I don't know. It attacks a lot though. Yeah, and then you get you give her that and the double edge rune. Yeah. And then if you have, there's like a armor set you can make that gives her rage too, so she can really like like basically the best attacker in the game and then once you get snow you combine you can do snow and heroes main attack uh which does like two times damage or is it 1.5 1.5 i think yeah i think it's only 1.5 but it's the highest uh it's got highest. the highest multiplier in the game or something yeah it's highest you can get um and then you can have whatever mage you want i chose ted because he's the most familiar so but you can use... He's also got Soul Eater. Yeah. So. Um, anything else about character setup growth you want to add in there? Um, there's also like a some behind the scenes stuff like Rune Affinity. So like certain characters oh. are better with like Lightning Ruin. Some are better with Fire Rune. And they don't really tell you anywhere. The only way you could tell, I think, would be. Uh, you could pair damage between the characters, like with the different runes, and be like, oh, this character's better with fire runes, and that's about it. Yeah, there's a bunch of different runes that you can equip to each character. Um, there's some that, like, give you more money, or, or, I mean, you know, basic stat ups and stuff, right? Besides the magic. Other ones just let you use magic. Yeah, so like you have like the five elemental ones, uh, excusing the rune of punishment and soul eater, and the rest are just like 
Uh, like the wizard rune, which doubles your magic attack but halves your magic defense. The warrior rune, which does that for physical stats. And then uh, killer rune, which boosts your critical rate. Um, sunbeam rune, which heals you every turn in battle. Uh, I don't remember if the turtle ruins in this one, but that one like prevents status effects. Uh, there's all kinds of runes. Oh, you can also add uh, ruined pieces to your weapon, which I think is new in this. Oh no, it's not. That was a Serena two, um, and then also probably Serena three. I can't remember that one, but yes, uh, forgot about you that. get like the ruined pieces of each five elemental ruins. You can uh, attach them to your weapon, and you do uh, like fire damage when you attack. I don't ever think I did that because I don't. I don't get the point of it, but it's an option for you if you want it. Well, I guess some monsters are weaker to other things, but I was mad because I was like, "Oh wait, I don't. I want to be neutral in case you know, so I don't have a weaker attack. Like, if I you know find a random monster, but I don't think you can, yeah. you can't take it off. I think you just add another piece that's different. Okay, so just override it. Right. I was like, "Where's the?" Delete unless there's somewhere like unless you have to take the gene or something to do, but I don't remember seeing an option. I was mad. I, I accidentally put a wind rune on the hero and like uh, rune, wind rune piece on the hero in like early game. I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't mean. Oh to... shit! <laughs> so I just had to live with it. I guess it didn't really affect anything. There's a lot of stuff in this game like non consequential. Like it seems like it would do something like. I don't know. I feel like you level up or like defensive stats. I don't know if it's like a glitch in the game or something, but like doesn't matter like I feel like it doesn't matter what equipment you have on, magic will just kill you. You know? Well, it depends on the spell. Like if it's a a lot of like the like the angel hairball things use some lightning god spell or something like that and it does like 15k or 1500 damage. It's like okay. Yeah, and you can be like level ninety nine, and still it'll, it'll like really hurt you. Let's like, I don't know if like stat level ups really do much after a certain level, you know. Uh, so if memory serves, it's like level one through forty or something. You get like two to two or three stats per level, depending on the stat. And then from like forty one to sixty, you get like one to two stats per level, depending on the stat. And then after that, it's zero or one if you need level up. Yeah, so it's really no point. I think it's good for magic. That's about it. But magic's like way overpowered in this game. Oh yeah, because like if you just try to like attack monsters, like like even if you're sailing on your ship and you're way over leveled, you can just like whatever that option is. Instead of attacking, you can like have them go away. What's that? Auto, uh, release. Release. So that's like a thing in gameplay where. If you're over, if you're over leveled, uh, is it like ten levels or more or something than the monster? You can just release them. I'm not quite sure what the value is, but yeah, you just let them go without fighting. It's a guaranteed escape, pretty much. Right, and then there's a rune you can get that it's a slash rune that just automatically defeats them. Yeah, which is really good. That's like that's what you need to use at the end of the game to like get all these uh, materials and stuff, so you can, you know. Uh, make different types of armor sets. I thought it was also funny that you can flash uh, the, the optional bosses and just fucking kill them. Like, all right. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's a slash rune, but the the attack is flash, right? So yeah, kinda, I don't get that. Like it's kind of like you put that rune on, and you're like, okay, what does this do? And you're like going through like your magic or or your attack. You're like, what's flash? 
You, you think that's like a blinding spell, you know? But nope, that kills him. So. And you get that from, uh, I get the first time you win in the training area, you get a rage rune, which basically is like double attack when you equip it on someone. Uh, and after any, any time after that, you just get slash runes. This is a shame because you feel like feel like you should, they should give you other random shit at least, not just like fifty million slash runes. Like the hell am I do that? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Sell them for money you don't need anymore because you have all. Yeah, because you can you can slash that crab for fifty k. Uh, if you have one of the um, support people that give you money. Yeah, and if you have the prosperity rune, you get like another yes. bonus so What's... i was getting like 65k yeah 65k yep yep so because uh the, the main way to upgrade your weapon or your well your weapons is you have to uh go to the blacksmith and then it costs an obscene amount of money to get it maxed out so but like i said i don't think it like weapon like you're just gonna use your magic most of the game anyways so like, is there a point to upgrade mages' weapons? Like, this isn't uh, probably weapons. when they run out of magic, they can still attack. But it's going to be way weaker than uh, anybody who's actually melee focused. Right. So, not it's pointless. So, yeah, there's some like like I was saying. There's some of these like systems they have in this game are kind of are useless. So it's kind of frustrating at times. <laughs> It's a holdover from like every weekend game where if you don't, if your mage doesn't have magic, they can still attack kind of sometimes. But in the first couple games, if you have them in a the back row, they have short range attacks and they can't attack from the back row. So you don't, you pretty much never want to upgrade. <clears throat> excuse me, you never want to upgrade a, a, ma a magician's weapon in weekend because it's a waste of money. Yeah, it'd be one thing if it increased their magic attack. Like that'd be. Ideally, what it would be for. And the, I guess the weapons do change. Like, they change names. And when they change names, I think they get, like, a different color or something. So. Or some of them look cooler. I guess they do kind of change. Like, the one the ninja guy, it starts off, like, a three-point, like, little triangle thing he throws. And it becomes, like, an eight-point or nine-point after you upgrade it all the way. Maybe 12-point. But I didn't notice some of that little stuff, which is always kind of cool. Anything else on growth or characters? Think of? Uh, no. Go on the battle system. Uh, yeah, might as well. Uh, if I recall correctly, standard turn base not timed or anything like that so you just do your attacks and then the the uh enemy does their attacks and based on your agility set i think that it depends on who attacks first um kind of, we kind of mentioned it earlier there's four characters in a party that it's in the battle um you can have one support and i don't know if they really explain what the support character did like some heal you after battle some give you extra gold some will find treasures but it doesn't really tell you... I don't think they really tell you what they did, do they? 
No, it's one, it's one of those things where you have to use them and find out, I guess. Yeah, it's stupid. And then, like, when you get the, the other ones in the game, like, they're better, but you don't... I guess someone had to, like, mine the data to figure out, like, this guy was 5% more gold, this guy was 3%, or whatever, or more experience, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, But... Obviously, it's way different than all the other Suikoden's where you have six characters, which is one of the coolest things about Suikoden is like, oh man, you can have a six-character party. And you, like you said, the the uh, strategy is way, way different. Um, and you can use attack, magic, items. Uh, can you defend? Run? Can you defend? Yeah. Which, I don't know. Defend's kind of one of those things in rpgs is like why is that even a thing <laughs> it's not like i guess some i used to you did <laughs> uh yeah there were some like boss fights uh that i used to defend on for some characters especially it was mainly the one on the ghost ship because i had uh i had the hero uh lino who's required and then i had vicky and when she was running low on magic, uh, or fighting like just fighting random uh, the enemies on the way to the boss, I would have her defend because those things were like doing half her health and damage. Uh, okay. Two hits, she'd be dead. I'm like, that's kind of a pain in the ass to have to keep reviving her. And then when you target, uh, so, so some of the spells will target um, all, some will target one. Um, like each rune has this like. For magic, uh, they all have their own unique kind of setup. Like fire is like the first spell is like a, a like a single attack, and all the other ones are more of a area attacks and stuff. Um, and the lightning's like the reverse, and then water is your healing rune, and then uh, wind is more of your uh, like stat boosting one. It has, and each one of them all have they all have at least one attack spell. So it's kind of good to have a... It's the worst. What? The Earth Rune's the worst, because the attack spell is only in the last slot. It's like, fuck. The Earth spell is the worst unless you get the unless you get the Mother Earth Rune, and then uh, that super attack one is in the second to last spot, and that's how you... Um, and you can, when you have Ted, you equip that on Ted when you're doing the level 99. Um, you're doing your level 99 build-up, and that spell will just take out everyone. It does like 1,500 damage. And you can get two... So, the, like, I don't... I, I can't remember uh, specifically, but in the other Sewood Ends, can you get, like, more Mother Earth runes or Rage runes? Like, the upgraded fire and, you know, Earth, Wind, Water. Uh, usually there's a monster that drops them. In this game, you can only get two, right? Uh, yeah, I think you find one in a treasure, and then Warlock comes with the other one. Yeah, there's a couple characters that come with the upgraded runes, or you find one. So, I mean, it's not like you need other like other parties or anything. I guess maybe that's why they did it. But, um, but yeah, it's. I feel like in all the other in the other games, you can get them if you you know wanted to grind for them. Uh, so there's is that anything anything else on regular battles? you think of uh one thing i have like a, a nitpick about i guess is that um 
if you if you have characters attacking the same enemy and the enemy dies, they suddenly get dropped to the bottom of the turn order, and then so they attack last. Even if they have higher speed than uh, the enemies, the enemies will attack first, and then they'll attack the some random enemies that you didn't pick the first time. Oh shit! I didn't notice that. So again, it pays to actually try to budget out your damage to the enemies. So make sure you're not wasting attacks. It's like a uh, a better version of like the way uh, like the combat works in like Lufia, where if you have multiple characters attack an enemy and they die, they just attack the air. At least in this one, they just go last and attack a different enemy, which is nice. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, there's also the the rush command. Uh, oh, yeah, so this, this game has weird, like, I think it's the only one that has it. It's like a bar that fills up on the bottom of the screen uh, when your character is attacking and defeat enemies. And when you get full, when it gets full, uh, you pick rush, and you, all your characters do this like group attack. That's kind of weak, but it fully heals your main character. Yeah, they did. They did it basically to do a spirit bomb. If you know what that is. <laughs> I honestly forgot I had it most of the time. I was like, oh yeah, I can use this for an extra two to damage. Okay. And it's an extra turn, like, basically. So you get a free turn if you want to, like... If you think you're about to, like, kill the boss and you're, like, low health, sometimes it's, like, you know, a trump card if you want to uh, try to finish him off or at least heal your main character so you can get a couple more turns in if you think you're almost about, you know... If you think that you can finish the boss off it's kind of good to have like in your back pocket type thing oh yeah uh you can also use it to like skip an enemy attack that you think is coming like apparently the the final boss will like the seeds will start glowing on its body or something or it'll change to the color white or something it has an indicator and then it'll, it'll use a big attack but if you just use rush it'll skip that which is cool oh cool yeah, I just mother-earthed mother that thing like five times, and it was not that hard. <laughs> yeah, as I say, you're level 99, so it's not like you had any problems. <laughs> yeah, after when I did those final ship battles in the final the dungeon, I just kind of finished. I was just do. I was just want to get through it real quick. I mean, it's like only a couple hours that those last couple things I did. But I mean, I put a lot. I put probably about probably about 40 hours into this game. I only needed to put 30 in, but it was I. I, I do enjoy a grind from time to time, so I was having fun with that. I know I'm not I'm weird like compared to other people, but I like that sometimes. No, I understand. I grinded the hell up Saga for tears, so yeah. Um. So also battles. Uh, do we mention combos come back like on all the other Suikoden's yet? Uh, no. This is the first time I mentioned it. So there are combos, but it's kind of limited because there's only four characters, so it's not that many combinations. In the main character, you can't take out of the game, I don't think, until the second playthrough. So you always have a hero in your party. I think his name is Laszlo? Razlo? Something like that? The official name is Laszlo. Laszlo. Yeah, so characters main names. So Laszlo is in your party... Uh, the whole game so really only have three people you can combo with unless you do like the ship battle and there's only one four combo attack it's like the original four uh, swords people from uh, the beginning of the game 
they all have one. It's like some kind of water attack. <clears throat> but um, in this game, I'm pretty sure in the other Sukadens you don't have to earn it. Like in this one, you have to fight ten battles to get the combo attack to show up, and then ten more battles to level up, and ten more battles to level up to the max. So it's not like that in the it's... other ones, is it? No. Not even five, I don't think, right? No, like you on the formation screen, you put them into your the characters in your formation, and there's usually a an area where it's like, hey, you can use this combo attack now. It's like cool. <laughs> but this one, you put people in your party, and they're like, nothing. All right, and then you fight like ten but ten battles later. Oh, you learned true friendship attack. Oh, cool. I didn't know that I they had a fucking combo attack. Great. Well, yeah, unless you you know use a gad, of course, but uh. And then that's that's why it's like there's only certain characters you're gonna use anyways because main character and Kika uh, they have like a combined attack that's like uh, AOE. So of course you're always gonna use that person, use her in your party. And then like when you, I think you get Jean or v, Vicky first. Um, and then one of those two is always like your mage. And then so really you only have like one other slot. For like a random person for a while, until you get snow back. Basically, end game, I guess. But you can have two mages or another attacker. It just depends on your how you feel to play the game. But it kind of like doesn't. It gives you a choice, but there really isn't much of a choice because everyone else is not inferior. So. Which is what nice is nice about the other game is because you have more variety because you have more options for characters. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's kind of one of the, the cons I guess in this game is like the the variety of characters is not that great in like uh, utility. They're all kind of the same. So yeah, they're not very appealing. Yeah. It's like, I'll just stick with the strong people. And there's not, like, story reasons either, because the story's not really there, so it's not like, man, I I want this guy. Or, like, I can't stand, like, RPGs where characters wear shorts, because I'm like, that's so dumb. Like, their legs are exposed. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> the king, uh, Liza, what's... I'm so bad at names. Lino. <laughs> Lino. <laughs> Uh, he's got like fucking shorts and sandals on. I'm so fu I fucking hate that guy because just because he's wearing shorts and sandals. <laughs> but he's like one of yeah. the stronger attackers. But um, I think that's all for the battle system, right? Uh, yeah. Unless you wanted to do ship battles now, unless you, or you had that somewhere else. No, that's the that's the next thing. Ship battles. Alright. So instead of like war, like uh, the previous sequel to the games, like you do the war thing where you got like different uh, armies and stuff attacking, uh, you have ships. It's kind of like battleship, I'd say. But uh, each ship uh, has a rune cannon, and you can get, like, your main ship, I can think, I think you can get all the different uh, runes on there. Five different ones, right? If you had them all. No, I think there's only four slots still. So. Oh, four slots? Okay. And then the your other ships that you get, uh, I think you get three other ships. They follow you around on the on the overworld, but um, they only get two slots. So 
the strategy is kind of like uh i guess it's more heads or tails basically like one not, was it's kind of like the elemental system like fire beats this or water beats fire and beats uh air beats ground you know that kind of thing <clears throat> um so when you're doing your ship battle if you pick the same rune they cancel each other out if you pick the rune that is better than the other ship uh theirs gets canceled out but yours still goes through so you get take no damage and they take all the damage i don't know if it increases the damage at all um or not why is it like one and a half okay it does um and so basically uh when you're doing those you set up your ships to kind of counter what because you can see the map <clears throat> and you can set up your ship to counter what they have um it's not too difficult uh it's pretty easy actually most of the time they're way weaker than you and your rune cannons are based on characters you assign which are your mages most of the time and the higher the, their level the more damage they do i think like i think they do cap out i'm pretty sure but i'm not sure on the numbers behind the scenes on that but um i think i was one shotting most of the, the ships by the end because i got all my mages up to level 99 um there's also uh so when you when you're there's like a grid base that your, your ships are on so your ships only fire long uh i guess it would be horizontal right uh so uh, yeah the straight like on the 2d plane it's like length and width yeah so width wise your ship has to be facing or whichever way your ship's facing where the cannons are that's where it'll shoot <laughs> you can't like go head head to head and shoot so there's a strategy where you kind of have two ships pin one in where you're getting two shots to their one you can take them out basically that way um another strategy is if you go up to next to another ship you can board their ship uh and battle them and each ship can have up to i think four characters and based on their followers um you know, i think there's up to 15 maybe one one of the characters has uh that's how many like basically each followers uh add, an added hit point to your ship um so you want to kind of build those guys up if you ever plan on raiding a ship um i did it one time early game and i got uh my ass kicked because none of those guys were leveled up and i thought my hero was going to be in the battle because but he was the captain so he couldn't so yeah the captains and the rune cannons are not uh fighting in the battles if you ever do any of those battles um but i mean overall it, it's short and not it's not boring it's something different it's more of a like puzzle i think it um so i kind of i had fun with them there, there weren't like there wasn't too many of them so it was kind of fun and interesting what do you think i thought they were boring <laughs> okay because um the way i set my ships up was i would look at the enemy ship and see what uh ruin had only one counter i guess or like 
it was like, whichever one was like at the top of the stack. So like if they had like a fire and a lightning and an earth or whatever, I'd pick whatever rune would counter only uh that would that could only be countered by the like the same element or whatever it was. So like uh I could think for that example I'd pick water because water would beat the fire. No. No, I wouldn't because it would get beat by lightning. Uh, let's see, was it? There's wind. Oh, wind, earth. Water, fire. Lightning? That was the f lightning. That's right. Yeah. Lightning and wind are separate. Sometimes they're the same, sometimes they're separate. Uh, earth beats that. Water beats that. Wind. So I probably would have picked, for that example, I'd pick wind, I guess, because wind would beat the. No, because that's weak to fire. What the hell? Which one am I missing? <laughs> there's one element. There's one. There's one element there that would not be uh, affected by any of the element elements, and it would actually counter whatever elements there. Yeah. So I would just pick that one, and just use that the entire time. Uh, and I would try to pincer attack uh, the enemy ships if I could. Uh, the one good thing about the main ship is that it it's so long that it can attack actually three different spaces, so you don't necessarily have to be uh lined up with an enemy ship you could just have like the front of it be like poking out and be right in front of the other ship and you can still attack uh so that was nice whereas the other ships are all small so you have to pretty much be like directly lined up uh uh horizontally or vertically or whatever to get, actually make the attack and so i just uh, I, I i would send one ship up use it as like bait kind of and just have all the ships go towards that one and then the other ships would flank and attack at angles that they couldn't be counterattacked at and i think i finished most of the ship fights in four to five minutes at most yep <clears throat> and you can always uh go into the one of the rooms and you could do mock battles if you really like playing the ship battles so I did that one time just to, re to make sure all my people were set up in the right uh, ships. And you can play like a really hard mode and like get destroyed. Because <laughs> they have like all the runes. So. <clears throat> I think I did that. Yeah, I did, I, well I got, I, I, I was trying to figure out how to do it and I was like, oh, there's a, like a mini game you could do. Or like you just do it wherever, whenever you're on the ship, uh, in the advisor's room, whatever that person, whatever her name was. Oh, okay, Eleanor. Eleanor, yeah, you go to her, <laughs> and uh, she she's like, hey, you want to do a ship battle or something like that? And then you say yes, and you can like pick like one to five hardness, like the difficulty level. And I picked five because I figured like if I die, I can get out of it real quick. And yeah, they were like freaking like their movement was super bit they could like move like two times in a row or something it was crazy so it's uh i don't know how you'd win that unless you were level 99 but um i did that just so i could set up my ship early because like well however you leave it that's how it is like the next time you go into the screen for like the story battles you know yeah so i was kind of like getting all the guys leveled up and putting them into the ship where i wanted them so that's what i did okay now I wonder if you get anything for beating that. Uh, maybe you do. I'll fuck it up. You probably get something that you can find somewhere else easily. 
Like, or some worthless piece of furniture or something. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Well, I guess you can upgrade your ship for the ship battles um, by using like ocean runes or something. But most of them that you can get is like there's this feature on your ship where you drag a net and you have to like s literally sail your ship around. And fuck that. Because <laughs> that's how you get like some of Snow's like outfits and stuff. And like there's like always like there's like a couple pieces of armor to complete the set that you only find in treasure chests. Um, one of those pieces you have to find like by dragging your net in the ocean. I tried doing that for a while. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. It's so boring. So. You can actually set it and forget it if you really want to. I know, but still, even then, like, I was bored just setting it and forgetting it. And then still, like, I pull up the ship and I'd have, like, all mackerels. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I did get one of Snow's outfits, but then, like, I couldn't find him on the ship. Because I think, like... When you go up onto the deck, it like automatically goes to like the end game, and then he like talks to you before you go to your room or something, you know. And then after that, I didn't care. I'm like, you're just gonna yeah. wear your garbage clothes. Fuck you, Snow. So. Yeah, I think you're supposed to do it before you do the the end game cutscene with Ramada or whatever. But where is he on the ship? He's on the deck. But do you but when you go on the deck, it does the end game scene. Yeah, that's why you gotta do it before you do that scene. But I think you only, like, I think you can only get them after like before. I don't know. I guess maybe there's like a there's like a small window where you can change his clothes, basically. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> I was like, I don't see where on the quip screen you can change his outfit. Like, what? What the fuck? Did, I don't know. There's gonna be garbage snow. That's fine. You're garbage anyways. We'll get more in the snow and story. He's a little bitch. Yeah. Um, I did look up what like money is called Potch in this game. Um, I was wondering what what Potch was. So in case anybody was wondering, I looked up the definition, and the only thing I could th like find that was close was uh, one of the definitions is inferior 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 quality opal used in jewelry for mounting precious opals. So maybe that's like talking about runes, kind of where. You put the runes into the your body, I guess. I don't know, but that's, that's interesting. I was like, oh, let's figure out what Potch is. That's the weirdest like money like currency I've ever I've heard of. So I think uh, in the first game it's called something else, and it was just a mistranslation. No, it's still Potch. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. I wrote maybe it's just, it's just I think it's just pot on the menu because they ran out of space or something. Oh. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Uh, any okay, and then the the only uh, the other thing for battle system is the uh, one on one rock paper scissor battle is back, um, which is a state. Oh yeah, the duels. The duels. So those are uh, fun because you know based on what they say, you pick uh, attack, guard, or special, and you either get your ass handed to you or you counter them. So. Those, I like those. Those are always kind of interesting. Do you not like those two? Fine. I think they'd be more fun if I never used a guide and like didn't know what attacks to pick, I guess. But they are pretty cool because they use your main character's stats and they take that into account when you're doing the fight. 
Like if you if you don't have any armor on, you're gonna get your ass kicked pretty quick. And if your weapon's not upgraded very well, you don't do much damage. Uh, but as long as you know you have like a guy that has all the quotes of the enemy say, you you'll never lose because you'll know what to pick every time. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a neat concept. <laughs> I don't know if any other games I I can't think of any other games that do that. So. No, I think they're just a Sweden thing. Yep. All right, I think that covers uh, the battle system. All right. Uh, mini games. I put the three I could remember. It was probably more, but I didn't even feel like looking them up because they're very like most of the um, Sweden's. You have to like win the mini game to recruit that character onto your ship. I think this one there's only one character you have to uh, win like ten times in a row on. Is it the dice one? Uh, yeah, that's Rita, the card girl. She's got like, or I guess it's more like mahjong tiles with all the character faces on them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the ma- like the easy. It's like mahjong. a shitty version of mahjong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, just have to win ten times in a row. But what you can do is, uh... well, I think you just have to win uh, six out of ten. Like you have to win more often than not. Okay, but you can like save scum it, so you can do one save. Go back, save, go back, save. You don't have to do all the games in a row, and that counts. Does it really? Because I just I sat there and did them all. Yeah, that, that's what I did. I, I, I played so much Yakuza that I was like, I can win this cheesy-ass version of Mahjong, and I won every round. <laughs> I was like, sumo, bitch. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I got good for that one time I played uh, Mahjong on Yakuza 0, but it's been a couple years since I played. I mean, I got the concepts, but I was like, I don't feel like chancing it i think i might have lost once but i saved scum it so just in case i don't know if it gets harder like as the rounds go on or or not but whatever no it's just different because the it has runestone pieces that you can actually use and they kind of do things to the game but not really like not in a way that matters yeah so yeah that's the only one you really have to, to to do um there's like a top fight game which is like you have like three tops and you got to spin them and whoever has the most uh, spinning at the end or whoever whoever beats the other ones. So if you beat all their tops and you still have all your tops spinning, you win basically. But that one was kind of boring and not fun. And I, and I was looking up like what you could win and everything you could win was like you could find. So I didn't play that. There's the dice game where you throw the dice in the bowl again, which is I think it's in every Suikoden game. Chincheron. But this one's got two different versions. You can do traditional Chincheron, or you can do uh, first to roll one or something. Okay. And uh, traditional Chincheron is you have three dice, and if you roll two dice out of the same number, the third dice is the is your score. So like if you roll two sixes and you roll the one, your score is a one. Um, and the other player has to roll a higher number to win. And then there's like special scoring rules where like a four, five, six is double. Uh, snake eyes, triple snake eyes is triple your score. If you throw the uh, one of the dice out of the bowl, you automatically automatically lose. Um, if you get a one, two, three, you lose. Or something like that. Like I don't, I don't remember the scoring system exactly, but that's kind of how it is. And unfortunately, 
there's only a max bet of like 3,000 potch in this game, whereas in the, uh, the other Suikoden's you don't have a max a max bid. Like you could bid, I think. Well, I think it's like the max bid is like nine 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 or something. So you could abuse those games to win a lot of money, but this one you can't. Like it's really only good for the first time you meet the guy that has dice, and you maybe double your money. Yeah. And then there's like this might there's a mice catcher game. Like you have to play at least once to recruit a couple of uh, characters. Um, the kobold ones. There's a couple kobolds you can catch or uh, recruit. And it's probably one of the worst mini games I've ever played. <laughs> so you play as like this kobold character that has to like you catch three mice, but they're like running around so fast and like to catch them you have to I don't know they they can run if you you can run but if you hit the wall you fall over and then if you do catch a couple mice they can break out so you have to like keep going back and forth between the the cage and it just looks so dumb and I hate it it was I hated it so much so it was funny it was funny it was kind of fucking annoying the music was so like stupid and like the watching the character like tiptoe fast when you're holding the, the run button down, uh it was it was all just dumb. It was dumb fun. I lived I did it twice because I did it once for the storyline thing and then I did it again, uh, at the hardest difficulty. Um which is you have to can catch ten mice on a slippery floor, so you're sliding fucking everywhere. <laughs> uh because you got another set uh, of the Pirate King set, I think, or something like that. It was some item you get from doing it, from doing that, and I wanted it, so I did it. And uh, it was a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, it's it the was, only way to get, was... like, there's a couple treasure maps you can really get that way, too. But I was like, eh, I don't need those treasures. They didn't, none of them were moon, so I didn't care. So. Any other uh, mini games you can think of? I think there's like another card game, but I don't remember. I know that that Igor guy has a game, but I never played his game, whatever that is. Yeah, me neither. So I think that's it. I mean, I guess you could do the treasure treasure hunting as a mini game. We really talked about that yet. Yeah, so there's a character recruit um, that. I guess they identify the treasure map and then once they do that like you go to there's like four areas in the game where this character will come out and they have like these divining rods and which is so dumb I hate that. the concept is so dumb but basically when you get close like when you get hotter it, it starts beeping or something right and the worst version of Chocobo hot and cold yeah and then when you get over it, the rods come together and there's no noise. But if you, like, you have to hold the button down to walk slow. And during this whole time, there's random encounters. So <laughs> it's like, fuck. And then, like, the map you have, like, the map you see, it's like a zoomed in version of whatever, like, where it's supposed to go. And they're all, like, randomly generated. Like, there's only so many different options it could be, but they're randomly generated. So you can't, like, to look up a guide, you still got to, like, it could be this one, this one, or this one. And then you got to find it on the, uh, wherever uh, location it is. Um, and 
then yeah there's a couple good runes like you get to another mother like all the upgraded like fire water earth there you can find another uh an extra one of those through treasure chests you can find the rune that like basically is no en enemy encounters um there's some gear you can get but nothing else i think you really need it's just kind of an extra thing um, I, did, I got a lot of them because they're pretty easy to figure out once you know which island to go to because like the, all the little maps kind of look the same but finding the exact spot is like pain in the ass so oh definitely <clears throat> you can one pixel off and it's like beep 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 and then you walk over it and you walk a little too far on accident you're like fuck yeah like you'll if you go too far like your divining rods are like if you stand still they'll like curve to what direction you're gonna go to so i always try to get my rods to be straight so i just go straight and then i would have to walk really slow straight but of course you, makes get like, sense. you get like four random encounters in between that yeah so the, yeah the uh encounter rate in this game is stupid we'll probably talk about that next if you want because traversals the the next thing yeah, that's fun. You want to take this one? Sure. Uh, so there's two main modes of transport. You either walk around while you're in a town um, or slash dungeon, uh, or you sail a ship. And uh, I'd rather walk everywhere. If I never had to sail another ship in a game ever again, I'd be a happy man. Yeah. It's like sailing a brick. Like... <laughs> It's just a square that does not turn well at all. And, like, you to get into the ports, you have to, like, go head on to or you hold, like, right as you're going by it so you um, so you can get into the town. But if you don't hold it down, it'll, like, fling your ship back out into the water. It's annoying. Yeah, I thought that there was, like, some fucking gust of wind or something the first time I played. And I was like, every time I got near a fucking island, like, some wind would come and blow me away. I'm like, what the fuck? Why don't... What is going on? I don't understand. But then I figured out that, like, they have, like, a whole full ship length of space between yourself and, like, land masses where the game's like, I'm not letting you go there. Yeah. And it, like, it actively just, like, spins you the other direction. And it's very frustrating when you don't know what the hell, like, why it's doing this to you until you figure it out. And a lot of the time, uh, once you've like once you done that, like, you learn to stay away from the land until you are ready to point directly at the port that you need to go to and just go in a straight line to the port. Then it's not too bad, but until you get to that point, it's the most frustrating experience I've ever had in my life. Because I've never played a game where they, like, actively just fucking force you away from a landmass normally they just let you crash into it and, and you're like oh shit okay and he's right right along the edge so you get to where you need to go yeah but in this one it's like they they spin you around and you're like what the hell is going on and then you're getting into an encounter every two fucking seconds yeah like you're trying to you're trying to get you're trying to land on an island and it's like fucking why am i spinning oh, i'm in a fight again okay and you get out of the fight you don't even have to be touching the controller your ship's still spinning and you get to another fight, and you're like, oh my god, I just want to get in this fucking town. I don't want to be on this goddamn boat anymore. Yeah, I think Please kill me. This this decision, which I'm I'm guessing they did water because they didn't have that big of a budget or something where they'd have much time. Where they're like, hey, what's a way to 
fill a game in that's really short anyways. Because there's like five, maybe six towns in the whole fucking game. And like yeah. all fucking ocean. And so like this this is what killed this game besides like the major thing. Like people could probably forgive a lot of shit. But when they get in the be very beginning of the game when you have to sail. Because once you get Vicky, you can just teleport to everywhere you've ever been. And it doesn't really matter anymore because you've been there. Yeah. Unfortunately, you still have to fucking go there first, though. And then near the end of the game, when you have to liberate the islands, you have yeah. to. It won't let you teleport there. You have to fucking sail back. It's like, god damn it. But you can teleport to like. There's usually an, another island close by, so it's not too far. But the very yeah. beginning, when you're like sailing in your ship boat, like before you get the the like castle boat, because that's like the the main castle, like in this game, like. In other games, you'd have, like, a castle and you build it up. Or in this game, it's just a ship and that's it. And there's empty rooms. <clears throat> um, but before you get that, like, that ship, you gotta basically sail around to the other couple islands you can go to in the beginning part of the game. And then it takes fucking forever because you never been... And then the, the map is, like, clouded, so you can't... You don't know where you're going. There's, not like, no, like... I think once you're supposed to go there for story reasons, it might open up, right? They'll have the little dot there. But when you first... Uh, yeah, when you and first... it'll kind of show you on the map, it'll reveal it or whatever. But when you first get the ship, there's like everything's there's nothing there besides like like one other town you've been to. So that's annoying. Um, also, in the beginning of the game, when you get like your like temporary ship, when uh, you get like to like the main island, uh, that's not uh the hometown you have to like tell me the names because i don't remember do you remember uh, which which place are you trying to talk about so you start, you start in Razorell and then you go to middleport and then you go to the deserted island and then you got obel obel so when you get to obel you get your ship, right uh yeah because you start doing patrols for something for the king yeah and you can recruit some people at that point yeah um, you get that ship, but when you're sailing, like basically Obel all the way up to the north, and that's like the longest part of the game because there's a lot of random encounters, and there's no like keel, because like on your um, castle ship you can just like explore the ship and then go to your bed and rest and like heal up all the way. Nope, in this part of the game you basically gotta like save your magic or. Uh, Make it to the next area, or else. I mean, it's just really frustrating in the beginning. So I can see why, like, so many people have probably just noped out. Like, once they're like, "I got a sale," and there's no like end inside of it. I, I can see how people would just be like, "Nope, I'm done." Yeah, that's probably what happened. It's nothing more interesting than staring at blue fucking water for an hour. Yeah, and just getting in the same battle with the same four like mobs all the time. It's like. I think there's only four or five different monsters on on the on the no, the sea. Maybe maybe there's eight. But yeah, depending on what with like what area you're around. But even then, some of them, as you get later in the game, are just recolors. Like they re went so quickly into recolors, so fast. It's like wow. Okay. Yeah. So very very basic, and it's like wow. I mean, at least give me like more islands to go to but there's like five different town islands that you can go to yeah then you don't really get access to the random there's nothing there but treasure islands until the end game 
because they're not strong enough to fight the monsters around there yet. And it's all fucking bullshit too, because it's like they they blanked out the map on purpose so you could just like, oh, I wonder what's over there, and it's a whole bunch of nothing. Like in the northern part of the map, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing there. Because <laughs> I remember doing that like the first time I played. I'm like, what? What? Where is everything? There's nothing here. It's all empty. Yeah, uh, it's a major con. Like this is that this right here, the the ship part of this game is what killed Sequelden. Yeah, I believe it. Because that's what everyone thinks about. Because they probably never played five, which is freaking amazing. But yeah, it's a shame. Yep. Um, anything else for traversal? The rest of you're on foot. I think you can run. The run's pretty fast in this game, so that's pretty nice. It's okay, and, and then you get Cedric, and then it's twice as fast. Yes. But it's also kind of annoying, because it looks like he's, like, doing a shuffle. Or, like, was that speed walking? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear, like, when you, at the beginning of the game, you have armor on, and all you hear is click, 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 click. Well, it looks like he got a stick up his ass, so he can't... <laughs> like, he doesn't move naturally. It's weird. Yeah, his hips don't move. It's like he shuffles forward. <laughs> like, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I think that's about it for traversal. Um, the I mean, there's different shops in the game. Uh, so your main shops are you're gonna have your equipment shop, armor shop, your rune shop where you can buy orbs and equip orbs because you can't do them yourself. Uh, there's a trading post, which is a new feature for Suikoden. Did that in three? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, they introduced it in three. Okay. So basically, there's like a bunch of different uh, gold, silver, crystal balls, pearls, stuff like that, where you buy it in one town, you go to the other town, you can make money. Um, most of the time, you can't make enough money to make it worth your time. The only one that's the only thing that's worth is pearls. If you can buy pearls and get a bunch of those, um, and then crystal balls, but everything like even gold, sometimes you can get a bunch of like silver and gold but to get to do it it just takes a lot of time so yeah. um there's a smithery or appraiser so uh in battle sometimes you get like question mark items like question mark pot question mark painting question mark whatever and those are different things you can hang once you get your ship you can hang them in the uh the bath right uh you could put some stuff in the bath. You could put some stuff in your room, like paintings on the wall. There's a desk you could put bases on and shit. I never mess with any of that. It's uh, not worth it. And then there's also a hot spring, which uh, basically is like a free inn. Because like in the beginning of the game, the, the inns kind of like really overcharge you. You don't really have a lot of money to, to stay there. So luckily there's usually a hot spring somewhere. Um, and then there's a lottery shop, which like after you get the first prize, it's not really worth playing anymore. Like you, so every time you buy something at a shop, they'll give you a lottery ticket and you can go to the lottery shop and spin it for, usually it's like a, a health potion or something. So anything else? First prize is like the Pirate King crown or something. And yeah. then you don't, you don't ever have to play it again. And the, the, it sucks because uh, the lottery from the third game was great. This one's just kind of, yeah. Yeah, it's not really anything good you can get besides, like, oh, wow, that's like the best helmet in the game. And then nothing. 
I think if you play you you can only get the helmet uh when it's on your ship. If it's in like a store, the first prize is 10,000 potch and that's a fucking rip. Yeah, cuz I played it I didn't do it till I got to my ship. I think I did it a couple times and in like the first town you can do it in and I was like, "Oh, I got some health potions or whatever." Cool. And then I got the guy on my ship. I was like, oh, let's do I got a bunch of these saved up. I'll just do a couple of them. And it was like the third one. I got the, the crown. I was like, whoa. Then I looked up what else you can get. I'm like, oh, never mind. I guess that's it. <laughs> oh, man, you got the crown pretty early. It took me like 30 tickets to get the crown. It's like, fuck, I'm never going to get this thing. Yeah, I got lucky. I was like, oh, let's try it for a couple times. And the guy's like, oh, how'd that get in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that's yours now. <laughs> Um, you want to go on what's unique about the game? Sure. Uh, it's got the same stuff that's pretty much unique about most weekly games with 108 uh, characters you can recruit, even though you can only like maybe actively use like 40 of them. Um, you you can do the trading that was introduced in Sukin Three. It's back here. Um, this is I think the a new feature in this game is you can craft equipment. Um, from spoils from enemies like uh horns hides claws yeah. shit like that but sometimes uh, you need like the trading stuff too like the gold and silver to make the good stuff yeah yeah and that's that's dumb because you have to trade like 50 of a shitty inferior quality good to a place and then they'll unlock the normal quality and then you trade that and then finally you unlock the good quality yeah and it's like man just uh, a lot of stuff that makes you spend a lot of time doing back and forth bullshit and really you don't need it yeah um we did the we talked about the treasure maps we talked about oh there's also like the random book collection you can find the old books and which is a staple the book thing though is like surprising there's like eight books in the whole game like they didn't really do much with this one no there, there was uh there is a book that does uh, list all the barking items you could find in stores, which is nice, I guess. Okay. Um, there's also a weird confessional booth <laughs> system added, it's so which is, has no, is like it has nothing to do with anything. It's just like some fun little scene with the characters if you want. Yeah, you can like forgive them or punish them. <clears throat> And like if you punch them, they like fall through the floor or something. And they're like, "What the fuck?" Like, even the characters are like, "What? What the fuck?" Oh shit! I never did that. I only did forgiveness. Yeah, I think they like like there's a hole in the like if you go on the other side of the room, you can see like there's like a cutout where the floor is. I guess they fall through the floor or something. I don't know. Oh okay. <laughs> so. Um, you also have a the bath. You can have your recruitable character build for you, and you can decorate like you said. Uh, there's a comment box where your characters will leave comments like uh, I like being here or so-and-so smells and shit. And it's like, okay, thanks for the sharing. It's like the only kind of like characterization you get for some of these guys. Like, for some reason, like, when you get Ted, there's like this other character that is his Link Attack, another Archer type guy. And he's like obsessed with Ted, but, and he keeps writing all these comments in there about Ted, and Ted's just like <laughs> did you ever get Ted's you link attacks? No. So like you know some I don't know if he did any of them, but some of them all the guys everyone puts their hand in in together and then like they do like a high five type thing, where like uh, when it's Ted's like power up, 
like the guy will try to give him a high five and Ted will just turn his back to him like fuck you <laughs> that's funny as shit <laughs> <laughs> so, excuse me but uh but yeah that's kind of like where you get some some of the other characterization which I think they do way better in the other sequence where it's like uh you have like the investigator guy or whatever oh yeah yeah yeah, this guy, this game is a news reporter, and he makes newspapers. And it's like, okay, but that's it. Like, yeah, publish just some newspapers. Most of the news, the most of the newspaper stuff is like, what just happened in the game. So it's like, okay, I just experienced that. So what's the point of this? And then another one's like some random like story, that he continues in every episode that I have no, I give two shits about. Yeah, writing about Miss Depression, and his character is just like, I'm so depressed. <laughs> And that's it. That's the story, which I'm sure is translated poorly to what it really was, and then they made their own thing, which is probably just garbage. Yeah, because this is still in the time of bad translations. That's true. Um, and what else? We can uh, go talk about all the different levels of the ship. I mean. I guess, but it's just like you have the deck, you've got your your room, you got the war room, you got the shop area, you got everybody's living area, and then like the, the miscellaneous bullshit area. The bar? Well, that's like between one and two. Huh? That's the, that's between floors one and two. Oh, like, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a big castle, boat kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's like, hey, we got, you can do Suikoden in 4. Awesome. You got three months to do it. What? And this is like what he came up with. I don't know. Maybe it's that or like he just, it had to be time because a lot of these things are just not fleshed out. Like every other Suikoden game has at least a good plot to it. I think the issue with that is like they had, for, the other ones were relying on this guy who had a world and lore and everything. Like he had probably had all these notes and he already had like an idea where he wanted storylines to go. So they got rid of him and then they're like, uh, we need somebody else to do a Suikoden game. Hey, you're up. Figure it out. And the guy's like, okay. So he probably had the team like scrambling through like whatever information they had left about the Suikoden universe, and they tried to scrape something together, and then, like you said, they ha didn't have a lot of time, so they're like, well, we'll just fucking we'll do a boat, I guess. We'll put it somewhere where we'll just spend resources on sailing around. That'll be it. We don't have to animate a lot of stuff. Just to fucking water the boat. Uh, we'll have less people in combat to make that easier to animate and all that stuff, and uh, yeah, this is what we got got this game yeah it's like the like cheapo version poor man's suikoden is really what it is <clears throat> anything else on the game like gameplay that we're forgetting we pretty much covered most of it yeah if we missed anything it's just like shit that's arbitrary or doesn't get used very often yeah, I would say. So, I mean, I kind of already mentioned my likes and my dislikes. Uh, like, I really hated the four-party four, four party 
uh, the very beginning of the game, so tedious when you just get like the, the loner ship. Um, sailing's terrible. Um, there wasn't anything like new or improved, I guess, in this version of the game. I like, I like all the regular Suikoden stuff. I like recruiting a character, um, unite attacks and runes and all that kind of stuff, but, um, Nothing new in this game that I liked. Uh, so I'm going to give it a rating of 2. And it's probably because I'm biased because I like Suikoden. So Pretty I'm... scathing. <laughs> Why, you, you like it better? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's average. I don't think it's a 2. Personally. So... I have gripes with, like, they reduced the characters uh, down to four from six, like you said. Um, the sailing fucking is ass. Uh, but everything else is okay. Like, walking around town. Like, everything feels fine. Like, combat feels okay. It feels like a generic JRPG. It doesn't feel like Suikoden. Uh But, like, I've played worse games that are more boring. So for me, it's like it's just a mediocre game, and well, I'd give gameplay a three. I'm grading on a curve because it's Suikoden. So I guess, I mean, you're free to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel personally it's a two game. I mean, Travis probably give it a one. So probably he probably wouldn't have made it. We didn't play the shit. I know, like we, I know he wouldn't made it past once sailing started. He'd be like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, there's no way he would made it past that. Uh, you got a point there. So, what do you what are you giving it? Uh, I'll give it a three. All right, that brings us to the next music break, uh, which is what we uh, we're gonna do. Brent's pick, which uh, main theme, uh, the opening song of the game. Whenever you start the game up, do you have any opinions on this one? Uh, it's a the music in this game is the a high point, I think. So it's a like it's a really well produced song, and a lot of the songs in this game sound like piratey seaside, yeah, songs, which is cool. Um, and this one's got like a I don't know what style it is, but it's got like a like a dancey style sound to it, like islandy kind. Of, it sounds islandy, I guess. Tropical. Oh yeah, but also <clears throat> it, it feels like not like salsa or. <clears throat> Damn, Flamenco or something, but it sounds like it's a song that somebody would dance to as well. Like a, a fancy dance to me. And it's called La Mer.
man, my fucking throat. Sorry about the, the scratchiness, everybody. God damn it. <clears throat> COVID throat. Uh, <clears throat> fuck. Yeah, no, what the hell? <clears throat> I was I was fine, and now it's getting the shit. Oh, well, I guess I'll just have to deal with it. You, you want to go get a drink of water or something? Uh, no, that won't help. Okay. Um, so I thought La Mer sounded French, and it means by the sea. So There you go. <laughs> or the sea. So I guess I would explain that. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty good song. Uh, story time. Everybody's favorites. Make sure to grab some pillows and a blanket so you can go to sleep. Because I'm uh, about to put you all to sleep with this shit. Uh, no, nah, it won't take that long. The story here is not that good. Uh, there's not a lot of like interesting story beats. Uh, unlike another Sweden, like any other Sweden game, which is... A shame because usually there's like a lot of political intrigue, but this one's so on the nose, like it's they give it to you right up front. Like you, they get they have cutscenes with the the enemy faction, and they're like, "Oh, this is what we're doing," and then you go back to the main characters and they're like, "Oh no, what do we do next? What's going on?" And you're like, "I I already know what's happening." Okay. Yeah, it's so basic. It's like uh, we're the bad guys and we're gonna take over, and then all the islands are kind of like their own. They're not united, basically. Yeah, so you unite them. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no, like, there's no interesting characters to actually make anything interesting. It's like you just go to a town and they're like, hey, we're here to save you and we want you to become part of the alliance. Thanks. And they're like, okay. Yeah, the best story part is the beginning. So it's like, you know, you start off as, like, this character and you have your best friend and you're just, like, making it... You become knights, basically. And... Uh, you know, then you go on your own, you go on your first little adventure, and then I think you do one, like, you go to the midport first, like, you go there and back. Uh, so, so like, you, you're starting off, because your, your main character was, like, adopted or something, and you're in the Night Academy with a bunch of your friends, and, like, the start of the game, you're on a, um, it's like your graduation final task thing where it's like a mock battle between you and the commander. Yeah, yeah. And so you do you can win that or whatever and you fight the commander and the the sub commander and uh Snow does his usual shit where he makes a mistake and he is I think it's slapped by Commander Glenn or something like that. I think it's punched. Punched or something. Yeah, he gets punched for being a coward. And shit, which is like your first clue. Like this, a lot of characters in this game are one-dimensional. Like they have one trait, and they that's the trait they have the entire time. And Snow's a fucking coward. Uh, but he thinks like he's the hot, he's hot shit because his dad owns the island or whatever the fuck. So anyway, uh, you do this mock thing, then you go back to the town, and uh, you do stuff in the town, and you get another assignment. Um, which is that? that was like your uh, last assignment before graduation or something. Yeah, like that. that's right. You graduate. You do the graduation ceremony, and then like everybody has a party on the island, and then the next day you like officially start working as a knight. And on your first patrol, you have the option of going out and killing monsters or going to Middleport to pick up an item or something. Oh, okay. or like a, a letter. I picked and, I picked going to Middleport. Uh, well, I think you have to do you have to do a couple of them until you get a certain level, and then you get 
the next uh, mission unlocked or whatever. Okay. So <clears throat> you go to Middleport, you pick up a letter or whatever, and then you bring it back to Razorel. And once you unlock the actual mission you're supposed to do, it's like uh, there's a monster around Middleport that you have to kill. So you kill that. You go back to Razoril, um, and I think then you get attacked by pirates. And Commander Glenn... Well, you get a third uh, mission to go to, like, that other island that gets decimated. And, like, on your way there is when the pirates... Oh, that's right. That's... Uh, yeah, you have a... The mission to go escort these people to Iluya. And you already have cutscenes at this point that, you know, these people are working with the bad guys. And so uh, you sail like halfway to fucking Iluya, and then you get attacked by pirates, and uh, then you get saved by your commander because he's like, "Oh, something weird's going on here," and so he sends a ship after you. Um, and uh, Snow's supposed to be a captain, but he puts his out again and leaves on a rowboat. And so Laszlo takes control; uh, he takes charge or whatever. Uh, you fight off the pirate uh, in a war battle, and then he. Uh, he and his assassin come onto the ship and uh, the assassin's like, oh shit, run away, we're all about to die because the pirate uses the rune on his hand and it goes off and for some reason, uh, Lazlo gets protected. I don't ever think that's ever explained but this like green shield appears around him and he doesn't die but everybody else gets turned into ash. Yeah, I, they never do explain that. They also uh, they don't also don't explain how he can use it over and over again, and like Glenn uses it once and just dies. <laughs> yeah, it must be like it's he's the he's the hero star or whatever. So that may be why. Maybe that's why because because he's the hero that's supposed to have that rune. He gets protected by it. Yeah, well, I guess like it's also the. Te I mean, I guess this is technically spoiler, super spoiler territory or whatever, um, but. Is he technically the son of the king of Obol or whatever? And the rune was hidden on Obol, so it might have ties to him. Okay. Uh, that's my only explanation kind of thing. Only thing I could think of. Uh, so yeah, the rune gets used. It melts all the people. Uh, Commander Glenn shows up. And because he ends up closer to the pirate Brando when Brando dies, the rune transfers to Glenn instead of Laszlo. Um, then everybody goes back to the castle town, and I think is this is when Dario comes in because he's seeking revenge for Brando or something like that. Yeah, the uh, pirates show up. Yeah, pirates show up, and uh, Laszlo and all the the night people like fight back. Uh, for some reason, Glenn's handling the ruin of punishment really poorly. Like he's been laid up in bed for a week. And he decides that he's going to go on top of the roof and use the power of the ruin to protect the town. And he uses it to destroy most of the ships. And then the pirates leave. And uh, before he does this, he tells the sub commander to tell nobody to come into the building. But Laszlo doesn't pay, like, doesn't care. And he goes up to the rooftop as um, Glenn is dying from using the rune. And uh, the rune goes to Laszlo. And before Glenn's body fades away, Snow shows up, and he's like, Commander, Commander, what's going on? Oh, my God. And then Glenn dies and, like, turns to ash, and Snow's like, oh, my God, Laszlo, you killed him. And then a bunch of knights come up, 
uh, and I think Laszlo passes out, and you wake up in your bed, and everybody's like, yeah, you killed the commander, so now we're trying to figure out if you're going to be executed or you're going to get exiled. And it's like, what the fuck? So even if you're like, no, I didn't kill him, nobody, like, it acts like nobody pays attention to anybody, anything he said, yeah. and you end up getting exiled, and, well, uh... Um, they kind of, like... Uh, snow like they kind of like build up your like friendship in the beginning though like they make it seem like your best friends you know like doing through the whole like you you do like everything with snow like you go through like the ceremony and you do like the celebration thing with him but there's like always little things where like laszlo kind of like does it better and like snow is like oh why did everyone talk to him type thing so they kind of like foreshadow it but it's like you know this is what's gonna happen. Like it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh no, he betrayed me. I think they were trying to go for like a shocking twist, like your best friend betrayed you, but it was like way too like in your on the nose, like you said, in your face. There's no room for subtlety in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you get exiled, and uh, earlier in the game, you pick two characters out of the four knights. Uh, to kind of accompany you on your patrol. And those two characters, along with this merchant Nakable you find in town called Chipu, uh, somehow end up on the exile the exile ship that you get sent on to. And you all kind of waste away on the sea for a, a day or two, and then you uh, fight this uh, monster that destroys your ship, I think. And you crash... Uh, shipwreck onto this deserted island. Well, you're missing the where... part where the, the other, like the bad guy. Like... Oh yeah, Troy. Yeah, yeah. So you get found by uh, the bad guys, Troy and Colton, uh, while they're doing like uh, they're on their way to attack Razril, and uh, they entertain you on the ship for like a little bit, and then um, something happens. I think Colton's like, we need to kill them. And you get attacked, and then you fight your way off back onto the little shitty ship you have, and they let you go. Because uh, instead of shooting you down, they're like, that's a waste of ammo, the seal take their lives or whatever. Because okay. your boat doesn't have, like, a fucking canvas or nothing, a sail. You don't, so you you just don't have a mast to... or a sail yet. And, like, yeah. you're, 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 the friends are supposed to bring, like, oars or something, but I think Cheapo, like, stowed away and, like, lost them or threw them overboard or something stupid. No, I think no. when you get attacked, you get attacked by the, the yeah, you get attacked by the monster, and you, that's when you lose. And then, it, yeah, and then uh, you end up yeah. Then, so then eventually you end up shipwrecked on this deserted island, and this is where you can have your first game over, technically, uh, because you can choose to just stay on the island and retire there or whatever. And I guess your characters build a house and live on the island for the rest of their lives. Uh, but the way the game normally goes is you split up duties between you and your party members. Uh, Chipu finds food, and then you have to choose between uh, finding rope, finding coconuts, and finding uh, lumber to fix the ship. <laughs> and you do that for three days, and it's kind of boring. That's so. Boring. Uh, and then, like, then you meet. You go to the like then then in the, in the cave. You like you go to the end of the cave, and like this little mermaid girl like leaves you little gifts or something. Yeah. And then on day three, Chipu like says something about eating crabs. And so the mermaid finds you and says, oh yeah, your friend's being attacked by a crab, you gotta help him. So you gotta go save Chipu. 
Um, and you, you do that, and your ship is finished, so you get back on the ship. Oh, yeah, and, and the finished ship looks hilarious. <laughs> it's got, like, vines and shit and leaves all over it. Like, what do they do to it? They just put vines on it? Like, what the what are the coconuts for? Like, I get the rope. But Who knows? Is that for water, I guess? I mean, like, it's drink? Maybe. They don't really explain. They're just like, here you go. Yeah. You got a ship now. Yep. Uh, so you do that, you use the ship, and you kind of sail for a little bit, and then I guess you uh, get picked up by a, a patrol ship from Obel, and Desmond's on board, and he's like an advisor to the king, um, and he's like, you guys are suspicious we're taking you back to Obel. So you go there, you meet the king, and he kind of uh, welcomes you to the kingdom or whatever, and asks you for help recruiting people. Because I guess they need uh, to bolster their population or something like that. So, uh, he gives you, like, access to this big fucking, like, ship. It's, like, they try to hide it. That there's a big ship in the mountain yeah. wall, like, cliff or whatever. But, like, you walk in there, and it's a big ship. <laughs> like, you can see it in the darkness. It's a big ship. And then you walk into the ship, and it's, like, a big inn tavern thing. Yeah. With a couple of rooms. And everybody's like, oh, I never knew there was such a big room here. Like, are you all dumb dumb and blind? Like, you didn't see the big fucking ship as you're walking in here? Or, like, like the right. king is just like, hey, random person we just picked up off a boat. Um, yeah, we need to recruit people because this other empire is coming. But, yeah, just, I mean, you seem like a good guy. I've known you for a minute. Go ahead. Here's this nice room ship thing that you can stay on. Yeah, it's supposed to be, like, their secret weapon or whatever. And he's like, here you go. Just have it. Oh, prove like, All right. Yeah, or you gotta prove yourself. I don't know. It's... I think you gotta go. Uh, <laughs> you, you have to recruit some a certain amount of people, then he gives you access to the ruins or whatever. Because, oh, because he tell, you tell him about the Rune of Punishment. That's why he's trusting you, I think. Oh, because you, you have it on you. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah. You want to learn more about the Rune of Punishment? Go to this the Oval Ruins. And uh, talk to the people there or whatever. With everything that happened with that rune, you think he would tell you more about it? Like, he could just tell you. You think so, but apparently, I guess he's a king. Even though he doesn't look like one, he's got king shit to do. Like, walking around the garden somewhere, I guess. I guess. Fuck. Who knows? <laughs> Being a fucking. Grabbing a beer and lounging on the beach in a fucking chair or something like that in his fucking plains clothes. <laughs> Because he looks like it's it's if you haven't seen this character before, he doesn't look anything like a king at all. He's got like a fucking like a rocker dad shirt with like cut sleeves and like a v a huge fucking v neck, uh, and then like just torn jeans, shorts, and fucking sandals, flip flops. It's like okay, this is a character design. Yeah, it's bad. All right. And then, like, when they, when they have him dress up in his kingly attire, he looks pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah, he does. But then all the characters are like, hey, look at this fucking loser. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> Even his, like, character picture is a lot improved, because, like, the normal picture for him looks dumb as shit. Then, like, you get his, his kingly attire character picture, and it looks pretty cool. And I'm like, why can't I just have this costume for him all the time? Right. But, uh... You explore the ruins, and you meet this girl whose husband had been a victim of the Rune of Punishment once, so she knows a little bit about it somehow. Like, 
and she's not even from Oval. So I don't know what the fuck, like, she's the character telling you this stuff for, but she is, and her kid's there, and he works for the king as the ruined tour guide, and you're the first people to take a tour of the ruins, and it's dumb bullshit. <coughs> so you learn about that, um, and then some more piddly storyline stuff happens, uh, like you go sailing around recruiting people, and then you come back and you find that, oh, no, uh, one of the people you recruit is a guy that developed a camera. Yeah, but this and, is the part of the game where you have to do like the loanership, and it's the worst. Yeah. Uh, so you sail to this island. It's like an hour-long trip, it feels like, to get here. And you find this guy. He's got a camera, and he sets it up to record some random view out over the ocean all night for some reason. And conveniently, during the middle of the night, the enemies decide to test their new weapon out, and they blow up this fucking island. And the guy with the camera magically happened to coincidentally record the whole thing. Yeah. And so Glad when you wake up the... Machina right there. Yeah. When you wake up... For plot reasons. Exactly. It's like, oh, convenient. Yes. Um, so you see the recording and you're like, oh shit, we gotta go tell the king about it. So you bring it back to the king and he's like, oh, it looks like Kuluk has a new weapon. And they're going be attacking everybody so we should make an alliance of all the island nations and as soon as you like do this you get attacked by kuluk and it's like <laughs> it's like okay uh and the king decides that he needs to flee so he tells you to gather everybody up onto the ship that you've been using as your base um so you, you do that and the princess decides to stay with the the old man advisor. So they do that. They stay on the island to protect the civilians there. And you and the king and everybody else blow up the fucking the a hole in the side of the cliff and sail the ship out. And uh, and the guy that then, the guy that uh, did the recording with you never talks again. He's no. He's, he's in the basement in the library, just in the bookshelf forever. <laughs> yeah, they're like, see, oh. It's funny, though, because in the cutscene, he's like, yeah, I've got some other stuff I could work on that could be helpful, too. But Lino's kind of like, yeah, dude, whatever. Just, uh... <laughs> you just, your inventions are ass. You got lucky. Just fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. And so they they just send him to the fucking basement. They're like, just stay there, man. Don't talk to anybody ever again. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... You escape with this, this new ship, it's now your headquarters, and you like the first step is to find allies, and somebody suggests uh, going to see Kika, the pirate queen, I guess, technically, uh, and seeing if you can ally with them, or something like that. And so you go see them, and you make allies with the pirates, almost instantly, like, you don't have to do anything, they're just like, yeah, we got a common enemy, we'll fight them. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so dumb. And then, uh, the, but the pirate girl's like, well, we're going to need, like, a tactician. And I know one, kind of, but uh, you have to make the deal yourself thing. Because she has to find you worthy and shit. And everybody's like, who is it? She's like, Eleanor Silverberg. And if you've played any other this in, you know the Silverbergs are pretty much the tactician family. Long lineage of being all the tactician strategists for every Suikoden game. Um... So the character's like, okay, cool, I guess we'll go meet her. And you do that, and she poisons the party because she doesn't actually want to be a tactician anymore because she has her traumas. 
but she has the <coughs> excuse me the main character do this test which is go into a cave and grab some alcohol for her and a seal so you do that and she's like wow i didn't think you'd actually do it and like the whole time i'm like it's literally walking into a cave bitch and fighting like this shit in there like i guess the the challenge was there's a boss to fight before you get into the cave but it's not like it's that hard no um so you do that she's like okay i'll join you and she cures everybody who was poisoned and you go back on the boat and then you start making plans like okay who do we need to recruit into our alliance to actually have a chance against kuluk um and they decide that they need to just recruit everybody because there's only everybody needs <laughs> yes five islands so we need everybody in the alliance um and they around this time uh she's like we only need one leader we can't have laszlo leading the army and then uh lino leading the alliance as king of oval so and this was originally lino's idea or whatever for some reason and he loses the duel to you and you get the gold seal uh which shows that you have the power of the kingdom of obol at your hands or whatever which i don't know what the fuck the point was because like you only show it to one person and then like the cat cabal people steal it yeah. and that's it that's the extent of the gold seal experience yeah it's like all these like ideas in this game are just like half like there's no thought put into any of this plot it's just happen. things just happen yeah um so yeah then you sail around the islands and you make alliances with all the kingdoms and sometimes they have things like they like one place is like oh yeah we're already kind of allied with kuluk but if you find us this medicine from the elf village uh we'll ally with you instead or we'll forgive you or let you or whatever and then surprise surprise they get betrayed by the kuluk and you have to save them and they're like oh wow we didn't think kuluk was actually evil like, i guess they are congratulations now you know help us out and other people you just like you go there and you're like uh yeah give me a couple days and i'll make up my mind and you so you like leave the island and you come back and they're like okay we'll join you now all right cool and you do this for a bunch of the bullshit islands. Um, you do have to fight an actual like war kind of at Razrul, where uh, Colton's son Helmut uh, is put in charge of the islands and then its defense. So you kind of have to fight there, which is just another ship battle, and then you get the island back. Um, and then, depending on if you've killed Snow previously or not, because he attacks you as a pirate, or he attacks you as because he sold he actually sold out Razrul to Kaluk first, and then he gets assigned to this anti-pirate task force, and he fights you at the pirate's nest. And if you or when you win, you can either let him go or you can kill him. And if you kill him, you never see him again. But you let him go, then he goes uh, back to Razrul and he gets fired, I guess, and he turns into this pirate. Um, and he attacks you a couple times randomly, and you beat him each time, and you send him, you send him loose back into the ocean. Um, yeah, then it's the final showdown at Obel, because Obel got taken over by Kuluk, so you show back up to Obel, and you take it back, and you do, like, another ship battle, and this time you capture Colton, but he doesn't want to work with you, so you leave him locked up in a cell. Uh... And then at this point, you can get 108 stars and you can find snow um, in the uh, water, 
like on a raft or whatever. Yeah, you have to go to the desert. You have to go to one of the islands first, and then one of the guys is like, I think I saw someone floating in the water, and then that triggers the game to have snow randomly in the water somewhere. Uh, yes. And then also, any time you have more than 70 people, but before you save Obel, liberate Obel, you can go to your war room, and this is where the Ted sub-quest comes in, like oh. a ghost ship shows up. Ghost ship, yeah. And you do that, and you get Ted, and then that's all he has to do with the game. <laughs> yeah, because Ted's like, I guess since she's sick, I will help you out. And then, no, like, he doesn't want to talk to anybody, he doesn't care about it, like, like I said, like... The United Taxi, like, everyone tries to give him a high five, and he just turns around. He's like, yeah, fuck you. So. He's got trust issues. It's just so, uh... It's a weird thing. I don't know why they did this to him in the game, but, like, this ghost ship dude, like, took his... He gave his soul leader to the guy, and he, he's gonna be immortal on a ship now that travels through dimensions. And you show up, and, uh... The ship captain's like, hey, do you want to give me your rune of punishment, too? You'll be able to live forever on this ship. And you're like, you guys like, no. <laughs> that sounds like a bad deal. Why would I do that? Uh, and so, like, during this, like, Ted realizes that maybe he made a mistake. And he's like, uh, I want my soul leader back. And the ship captain's like, no. It's mine. So you gotta fight him. And then Lechnot shows up. And she's like, oh, ship captain, you're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to be where you came from. Go back. And, like, he just dies. And the ship just disappears and you gotta run back to your ship before it disappears i don't think he dies i think he gets sent back to his dimension and like, find <laughs> well, you one day well yeah like i guess the physical form he manifests dies or whatever but it's not technically him yeah. according to ted or whatever the fuck so yeah there's that uh yeah you liberate obol and then you have your final attack at the kuluk southernmost base which is lal or whatever uh it's the only time you ever hear about this place and then you go attack it but okay have... i guess I'm, i was confused on the part where it's like they're like a trading company or something like i don't understand that oh graham cray so is he like the leader so, of Luke or like just a, or he took over no somehow? he so he used to be so him and eleanor were tacticians for scarlet moon empire um, and then he got, somehow he got, uh, the Ruin of Punishment and he didn't want it. So he cut off his hand right. and the Ruin then transferred to his child and his child sacrificed himself to protect his dad or something like that. And then the dad went crazy. Okay. And he's like, I need the Ruin of Punishment back. Uh, so I could have, so I could talk to my kid or something and get revenge. And then I guess he just got slowly more and more like fucking obsessed with it. And he did some fucked up shit and he got fired or... Well, the whole Rune of Punishment thing, like, something happened, and he got uh, dismissed from the army, well, and... he killed a bunch of nobles or something with the Rune of Punishment? Yeah, some... yeah something happened. Like, that or his kid did it, so... and he took the blame or something and blamed his kid. So, uh, there was some weird shit happening, and... But the the effect was that Eleanor got uh, kicked out of the army, and so did Graham Cray. And Eleanor was like, what the fuck? What happened to Cray? He was a good kid. I don't understand what happened. So she like spends the rest of her life trying to figure out what the fuck happened to Graham Cray and what happened to her life and why she's shitty now. And while well, he's spending his whole time trying to find a rune of punishment. And so that's what he sets up because he's not affiliated with the military anymore, but he used to be a tactician. So he knows how to do all of this stuff. So he sends up a merchant empire called the 
traded Graham Cray Trading Company or whatever, and it somehow leverages his position to be able to control the military power of Kaluk. Uh, I guess at least in the southern area, because like there's the governor that gets sent down that's supposed to be governing, but he doesn't do anything because Graham Cray is actually in charge, and Troy and Colton are just kind of like okay. Why are we listening to Graham Cray? He's just some merchant dude. I thought the governor was in charge. Uh, so there's that whole thing where... And he locks uh, the governor in a, the, the jail cell or something like that, or kills him? Yeah, he, like, he, like, he jails the governor and tells everybody he's sick, but he actually just, like, lets him fucking die of starvation in the jail cell, I guess. Uh, yeah, so he's just a, a bad guy that was ruined by the ruin of punishment apparently and was trying to get it back <coughs> for some reason and your character's just there for it yeah he just he just inherits it and now he's trying to liberate the islands because Graham Cray is trying to take over the islands with Kuluk because he's a knight and he wants to, I guess he wants to clear his name but they don't really like they, the way he clears his name is that he be he saves everyone they don't really yeah. they don't really clear his name because like, there's no way to do it you know, because no one else is there. It's all hearsay. Yeah. Well, and you also liberate Razoril, so it's not owned by the Knights of Gain anymore. It's like its own city state. And, and then you, and then I guess they. Oh, so yeah, you go and fight Cray at the end, and then like, if you get all the hundred eight stars, it does that bullshit like you die, but then you set up thing. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't have all hundred eight stars, you die. And also, there's like a, there's a lot of plot around like the ruined cannons and what they are, but this doesn't actually get explained until Secret and Tactics, which is when they focus on the ruined cannons and what the fuck the the tree dragon boss thing at the end of the game was, and all that shit. Yeah, reading the comments for this game when I was like researching stuff, like on the message boards and everything, a lot of people say like they may uh, Secret and Tactics is like the other half of the story because it takes place before, during, and after. Uh, sequel in four so it like kind of like they're like if you play tactics it makes four but good or something like that <laughs> which i doubt but it just probably puts like makes it maybe makes it maybe retcon make a little bit more sense it probably like retcons a lot of bullshit or something i don't know yeah i don't know i guess we'll find out yeah that's that's probably gonna be my next pick but uh, i think that's it for the story do you have anything you want to add about it or uh definitely weakest story in a sequel to game it's kind of like you're paint by numbers like there's a bad guy you're the good guy i gotta stop the bad guy plot um nothing like and then it's like they try to do the your best friend um basically betrays you but they don't give you enough time with that guy to care or kind of like because you can already see him kind of like turning on you or like they they show the moments where he's like What's going on? What? Why is everyone talking to him? Or this kind of like you can they show his jealousy, and like yeah, and like the reason like they didn't give it like a vague reason like he like pussied out. It was just like, oh my arm hurts. I couldn't do anything. It was like such like a crazy like any anyone else would be like, oh probably like hang for treason, you know, like they would oh yeah, or like the the captain doesn't abandon the ship. So he would have been just dead, like any other place. But probably because his dad owns the island or something, they couldn't do that. But 
I, I don't I don't know. It, and then then you're like you're just a, you're so that's why I hate the, the silent protagonist because you're just like look at him. He's like, oh man, I can't believe you really believe my arm, right? Right, the Laszlo, and it's just he just blinks at him. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, I guess he's got a strong friendship bond. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a it's just not like it's just not good enough. Not even like you can like ignore some of the the crap writing. It's like just so bad. It's like you can't just you don't get that immersion, you know. And... No, there's not enough uh, like nuance to the story. Like a lot of the other Sweden games have like interesting characters, and when the characters are actually like communicating about the war and what's going on, there's like actual strategy talk and like thinking about like, oh, do we need to do this? Do we need to do that? But in this game, it's just kind of glossed over. There's no really interesting characters. There's no really interesting character story arcs. Uh, like the most, the most detailed storyline you get is Snow versus Laszlo, and like you just said, it's just you already they already show the hand at the very beginning of the game. Yeah, Snow's jealous of Laszlo. That's it. Yeah. It explains everything that happens. And then like, be, and like, they don't like to get him back. It's just because you have all the stars. It's not like he earned it or whatever. Like every time you like you let him go, you're like, he's like fuck you. You know, I don't. Well, they have. Well, the whole the theme, I guess, is forgiveness for this game because the rune of punishment has the punishment and then the forgiveness phases. So, like, but they beat you over the head over the whole of course of the game. We're like, oh, you can't use the rune for bad stuff. You gotta forgive people, and so like the whole point, you know, you don't learn anything from what you're like. You have to do to get 108 characters because you just like you don't present yourself as a like you don't defend yourself at all ever against Laz uh, against snow you're just like yeah he's fine it's whatever he's just a shitty person instead of like putting your foot down and being like no fuck this dude like you can't treat me this way or talking to him like you're uh, he's your friend like hey what the yeah there's no like why the fuck did you do that like no yeah it's just like, like if it's thanks real, for if he's fucking friend, yeah if he's your friend in real life you're like what the fuck happened you literally took the ship and left me there what do you what was i supposed to do just die yeah, yeah took... like things are like thanks for throwing me under the bus with that shit. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's just nothing, and then that that's kind of where like, oh, okay, I guess that's what's going on with this game. So, yeah, the story is. Ugh. I'm giving it a one point five because uh, it's ass. Yeah, I mean, I almost want to give it a one, but I guess the characters. See, the thing that I guess props it up a little bit is there are some familiar characters like you got Gene and Vicky, you know, the ones that like are in every game, which I'm assuming because they have a true rune and they don't age or all of Vicky's ancestors look, or not all Gene's ancestors look alike, maybe. I don't know. I think she's the same character. Okay. So and Vicky, Vicky's whole thing is the blink ruin lets her travel uh, through time and space. So every time she sneezes, uh, it's the I guess the running gag. She like gets teleported to another time and place, which is going to be another war. So she's essentially always in war. Everywhere she goes, there's a war going on. Okay. And then I guess Jean has the true charm room because everyone loves her. Yeah, that'd be my thing. I guess that's that'd be that'd be my guess too. So, but it's never really stated. But I don't think there's anybody and Ted. 
you know. Yeah, we kind of give him all the like Ted's like the most interesting character because he was in the first game, but even in the first game he was only in there for like what five hours maybe four hours like uh maybe two hours depending on how fast you go. Yeah, I mean he dies real quick, so. But even then, he has more character development in that game than anybody does in this game. <laughs> like the 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 power of the rune is not really explained very well. It's like like we were talking about earlier. It's like uh, the pirate can use it for a while and then he dies, or he only dies because you beat him in a duel. And then, but then, uh, uh, what's his name? Has it for like a minute and then dies. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. Glenn has it for a minute, but and then he's like sick and stuff. It's like. I'm just, I don't know, maybe he was a pretty shitty person in his past life, and that's why it's punishing him? I, I, I don't know. It's very... I'm not sure. I think this game doesn't do a good job explaining, like, true, ruin, true ruins and their value. Like, if somebody's, this is somebody's first Suikoden game, they're going to be completely lost. Because the other Suikoden games, they at least explain what, like, what true ruins are, and how they have a mind of their own, and they take, uh, it takes somebody with a, uh, a strong willpower to counteract their influence and stuff like that. But this game, they're just kind of like, yeah, there's this strong ruin thing, and it kind of travels between people and kills them. Even like, Le- okay, uh, remember, they don't <laughs> like if you ever played a sequeling game and Lechnot shows up, you're like, what? What the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just it's just very uh, on the surface and on the nose, and there's not much depth to it. So, I'll give it a one point five as well. Like. Just because it, it's a sweet. The only reason is because it's a sweet look at the game. Any other game would probably be a one. <laughs> yeah. So. It's disappointing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, music break two. Uh, this one will be my pick. Um, the track is called A Formidable Enemy Appears, and I do believe it, it is the track that plays when you get into a boss fight. Alrighty, visuals. Uh, <laughs> it's 3D, and the 3D is not too bad. I know that Kudo said it looked like shit, but uh, in my opinion, it doesn't look too bad. Uh, I feel like it looks pretty good for a PS2 game. Um, monster designs are okay, I guess. Uh, a lot of the places are like samey looking, except for like there's a one town that looks 
well, all the towns kind of look a little bit different, but the, everything in the town looks uh, exactly the fucking same. So yeah, there's no like, uh, unique towns like how you know, other sequel dens. There's like every like the town of all the like the glass or whatever, whatever that was. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like each town has like character to it, even if it's like some little piddly town you just go into for ten seconds or whatever. It has more character than some of the towns in this game. Yeah, but uh, the the Nako Bowl town is really unique though because all the buildings are like fucking domes and they have like animal yeah they're all like yeah i guess that one's okay and like i guess you can see it like on the main map too but i mean there's there's they didn't they didn't have they didn't have a lot to work with and they didn't do a lot so it's just kind of basic i don't know and it's one of those games where it's like every named npc is someone that's gonna matter and then everyone else has no name yeah i don't like when they do that either like everyone should matter <laughs> well you're kind of spoiled with fucking falcon and their trails games man <laughs> yeah. yeah they definitely ruined me <laughs> uh this this is just another like if this was not a sweetening game it'd be better as just a it's just a mediocre jrpg but because it has all that uh that came before it and the other sweetening games like this one just falls flat yeah but uh I don't know. I mean, the visuals are fine. Like, the in-game... Like, the in-battle stuff is okay. The animations are weird. Like, I don't like the way that the characters, like, just run up to the enemy. Slowly, kind of... It says It's missing the, like, frenetic... Yeah. ...feel well, that the first two games have. Well, and even on the third do, like, one... Back handsprings back, or, like, they'll, like, teleport back. Like, that kind of stuff's okay, but it's just, like... I don't know. It just all seems, like, halfway done. Well, like, it... it like it's, the camera like moves in and out and zooms around and stuff and it goes and it kind of follows the characters around or whatever but because of the way that the characters just kind of sit they just stand still like even though like some of the movement for some of the characters looks oh, kind of cool and it's, for every other character is kind of stupid like it doesn't sync up right to me like it looks like off off kilter I guess like the what they were going for doesn't match what you see like it just doesn't look right yeah when it all kind of comes together like individually like the parts are kind of cool but like when it comes together it just looks stilted like it doesn't look quite right and to it's me. still like the reason i don't like, <laughs> i'm not a fan of the visuals it's just it's like to me the early 3d models where it just everything like everyone's face looks the same kind of like there's no like detail i get it's product of the time but the main character's big eyes i hate that i mean i guess everyone looks okay it's fine it's i'm just i'm not saying it's bad just i don't know i could tell whoever character was based on like i felt like their in-game sprite their model matched their portrait pretty well yeah that, that that's that everything like that was fine um but it's just like when you see in the loading screen what it could have been yeah every time i see that i'm like god i would rather see that like every time i'm like yeah oh. i agree with you like every time you have like someone different in your party they'll you'll see their like sprite and you're like what that they have they have them all it's like they're gonna do it that way and then they change or something i don't know i don't know maybe somebody told them they or it could be a budget thing because making sprites is expensive apparently hmm. but i don't know yeah it's just disappointing especially like you said to have 
seeing what could be. It's like when uh, I know you've probably never watched it, but the Berserk anime for that came out in 2016, the opening uh, song, intro screen thing, whatever, is like animated really, really, really well. Yeah, and then actual show was shitty cgi <laughs> so it's like why <laughs> what why did you do this what the fuck's going on here yeah it's like you have something that works and then you're like oh let me try this thing that might take like i i, I mean with sequel then people are gonna play it, whatever but i i just think that <coughs> they could have done so much more they could they could have like had more memory or whatever with sprites than they would have had with you know, they could have bigger towns, more towns, you know? Like, trying to do it in 3D probably, like, limited what they could do. And then maybe that's why they did Islands, the first one, because it's all new technology and stuff. I think they really hurt them. Well, I think sailing around would be better on a 2D sprite plane. Yeah. But then they could do so much more, and it could go faster. Yeah. You know? Oh, well. And the water looked like ass, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting a 2.5 for me on visuals. Yeah, I'll go 2.5. It's just average. It's not, it's not terrible. It's just the potential and comparing it to others, like, it, it, it's all cap, like, uh, it's all biased because of all the other games. And now we're, yeah, like, I'll just say, like I said, kind of before, if we're, if if I was rating this as a regular game, it'd probably score a little higher. But it's a, it's it's a sweetening game, so gotta be more uh, critical. All right, music and voice acting next. Um, the I don't know if you know any of these composers. There's what one, two, three, four of them: Mashiko Kumura, Michiri. Yamane, Mika, Higashino, and Koba are all the composers. I, I don't really... I looked at a couple of them. They really hadn't done much. I don't know if you looked into them at all. Uh, no, I haven't, and I don't know... I don't recognize any of the names. So they probably really didn't do much besides a couple of games. <laughs> I think I saw, like, Contra games or something on one of them. But oh, okay. I think... No, one of them was Castlevania. Castlevania. They oh really? Castlevania ones. I think that's what they were. So, that's cool. Yeah. Um, to me, the music was fine. Um, I think it sounded better, like when I was listening to it on YouTube, than it was in the game. And I might just oh for sure. Because like I was listening to it on the like when I was trying to find a song, I'm like, man, like that just it, I don't remember it sounding this good. So it definitely sound like the translation from the PS2 to like. That, I don't know if the music chip or whatever is crap, but like the orchestrated stuff you can listen to is re- it's actually really good. I guess I guess there's like a compression thing happening. Yeah, maybe that's just to get it to fit on the disc or something. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> but yeah, definitely the OST is pretty fantastic. Separately from removed from the game, when they put it in the game, it's not as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, did you have a? Thing too is that um like you hear a lot of the same ones over because you're gonna hear a lot of the sailing one you're gonna hear a lot of the battle theme so like you don't hear a lot of uh different musics i guess so uh 
yeah. It's especially frustrating because what you could, if, if you like for some reason the overworld sailing theme, and or you like the battle theme, uh, you'll be sailing for like ten seconds, so you only hear ten seconds of that song, and then you're in the combat for twenty seconds because combat goes pretty fast. So you only hear twenty seconds of that song, so you're always hearing the same. No, the startup roughly thirty seconds. Yeah, it's like you don't have time to enjoy any of the music because you're fucked. Like you just get fucked with the combat uh, encounters being so high. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but when you're in town, you get to listen to the town music a lot because it takes a while to move through some of the towns sometimes. And you'll be in the towns a lot. Uh, dungeons have the same issue as like the overworld, where you get encounters so fast you can barely hear the counter uh, or the dungeon music, and then it restarts itself. So you always hear the same start of the music. Yeah. Um, I think the sound effects were okay, from what I remember. Like nothing really was like fantastic. Um, and this was the first game with voice acting, and most of the game is voice acted, which is surprised, surprising. There's just a couple scenes I noticed that aren't voice acted. Yeah. So that was nice. And yeah, I thought the voice actors did a good job. Yeah. Like, as annoying as Chipo was, his voice actor did amazing. Like, he had, like, that cartoony cat-like voice, so... Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look up any of the voice actors. I didn't. I don't, I don't think people really care about that. <laughs> nah, I don't really care. Well, it's time people probably care is if it's, like, a famous person, and it's just, like... If you, if you watch anime or anything... You, you, or any kind of cartoons, you probably heard these people a million times. It's always like the same fifty to hundred people. Well, I know Travis cares a lot about voice acting. He always fucking complains about it. <laughs> so, like, I fucking can't stand that guy. He hears voice everywhere. Like personally, it doesn't bother me. I don't. I don't notice. I guess. Yeah. So. Yep. Same. Uh. All right. Well, what do you uh? What do you rate music voice acting then? I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Probably the best part of the game. Best part if it, if you had more of the variety. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like it's not good. It's it's probably like a two and a half in the game, but like outside of the game, it's like a three and a half. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. All right, musical break number three. What did you pick here? Uh, I picked Battle on the Sea 2. Um, this is like the... Th I think, if I recall correctly, this is the part where um, before you do the ship battle, you're, like, loading the ship up with the player, like, your team members that you want on there and um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you can, like, look at the map. I don't know if it goes to the whole thing, but it was pretty... Uh, like when I listened to the first part of it, I like, like kind of do my head little nod thing. I'm like, okay, I'm getting into it. So that's why I picked this one. It's pretty good because you picked the, the one you picked was the one I was gonna pick. Well, there's not very many options. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some options, but yeah, they all kind of yeah. the same too. So we also got to balance like something that people would want to listen to. Yeah. So yeah, here's Battle on the Sea 2. Mm -hmm. 
Alrighty, so overall experience. Um, as Bert would say, this is expectations versus reality. Um, but I think we all have our own different take on it. Like for me personally, it's just how I felt uh, coming out of the game. Yeah. Are we all so, feel like our expectations around this game at this point are as bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like broken or terrible or like unplayable. Like once you can get past the first part of the game, it's not. It's a it, like where you can, because I played like for forty hours on this thing and, um, I leveled up my guys to ninety nine. So it has like the RPG like, itch like where there's like a scratch you know to itch, type thing. So you can like you can do the trading, you can do the leveling up or trying to find like, the drops of armor and stuff that you want to complete a set. Like, that kind of collectory stuff, I guess, maybe. Um, uh, and collecting all the, you know, the 108 stars, whatever. It's kind of, like, paper thin on this one, you know? They're like, okay, I'm coming with you. You know, there's not, like, yeah, you need to do this for me and do this for me. Or I'm looking for this person, so you gotta help them find... There's no, like, sub-quests, you know, really, with uh, finding, like your stars like i think the other games do pretty good so but i still have fun with it i guess i mean okay i'm biased because it's suikoden so it's like i'm between a two and a half and a three i'm just gonna do a three because i'm being biased and i liked it because it's suikoden even though it's the worst suikoden it's still better than a lot of garbage out there I, mean, okay. I feel like they could have done a what? Maybe that's why they did tactics because they, or they needed. I don't know. I, I'm just speculating at this point, I guess. But, um, but the story is the weakest, and that kind of hurts it. But I still, and the water sucks. Like sailing is terrible. But yeah, <sighs> this, once you get to, you can just teleport everywhere. It's not too bad. So, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say three. Okay. Um. Uh, I really didn't want to play this game. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I really don't want to fucking have to go through this again. Hello. Uh. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Lost you for a second. Uh, yeah, I had to do something else. Um, so I really just did not have a good time playing it. Uh, <laughs> it was... It would have been fine, I think, if uh, like the plot was better. Or something that kind of like propelled me to keep playing. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was just kind of like... It dr dragged on... And uh, the encounters were too high, like you fought too much, and none of the people like like I cared about. <laughs> so it was just kind of like a, a mediocre game. And so I'd probably say uh, you give it a three. I'll give it a two. Okay. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's not great, but it's not garbage. But <sighs> no, it's. <sighs> I would say if you never played it and you want to play all the sequel games, I mean, do that. But you don't. You only need to play it once. No need to play it again. Like if you like, yeah, in like ten years from now, and you're like, I wonder if that game. Don't. It's not. It's not worth it. Um, I think the I'm kind of disappointed because when it came out, I was I liked it a lot because it was another Sweden game, and then because I played it like twice when it came out, and I tried to get other people to play it because I knew like the Sweden series needed it to survive. Yeah. Uh, but then like as you play it, and become like more jaded with it, <laughs> you're like, "Fuck, this is disappointing." Yeah. But I mean, like I said before, if it was if I was reading it as just a regular JRPG, I'd probably give it like a three and a half because it's fine, like three three and a half. It's like it's a fine game, but it's not a good sweet game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with that. All right, so replayability slash extra content. Um, this is the first sweet game with a new game plus that I can remember. So. If you want to carry over all your shit uh, into New Game Plus, you can do that, and you get the option of being able to use any character except for Laszlo, apparently. Yeah, you can swap them out finally. Also, um, the only thing that sucks, anything you had equipped on you in the final like battle does not carry over. So you like, you have to like unequip yourself before you do like the duel. I think. Um, if the, if the, I, don't, I can't remember if there's a place you can do that or not, or if it's like before you go and fight. But whatever you have equipped uh, does not carry over. Yeah, and the ruins either. Yeah, and the I think your um, weapons upgraded. I don't think those carry over either. No, but your levels carry over. Um, and that's I think that's not about it. There might be something else like another benefit you get maybe. But oh, I think the maps all open. Like so, you can see the whole map. Oh, okay. So you can like be really pissed about it when you're like, oh, there is a nothing else there. <laughs> so I mean, maybe some people miss that little mountain place, you know, that where you just do like treasure hunts. That's the only thing I can really think of. I think if you uh, search the whole map, you find that shit eventually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so replayability to me is a two. Extra content. Um, your save does carry over to tactics if you play that, so that's a little bonus. You get, like, snow, I think. Uh, yeah, and you get Laszlo. You get Laszlo, too? Yeah. Oh, okay. You also get, like, a little extra side quest with him and stuff. That'd be interesting, at least, uh, when we do that. Yeah, as long as you have a, I don't know what you played this on. If you played it on the original PS2, well, I played it on PS3 this time, but I still have my PS2 save, and I bought okay. HDMI PS2 convert converter, so that way when we play it, it doesn't look like ass on my big screen. Oh yeah, nice. It was like I think it was only like ten bucks on Amazon or something. I don't know if is that how you're gonna play. Yeah. 
Or if you're just going to emulate it. No, I'll just fucking hook up my PS2, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to give it a 2. What are you giving it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a 2 as well, because there's not really, like, not really much different from each playthrough. Yeah, there isn't anything different. And, like, if you do New Game Plus, it's, like, just the same shitty game. You just have all the shit you earned before. Yeah, and if you got your level 99, like, you don't really need to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, music Break 4. You also picked this one. You want to tell us what it is? Yep, the next music break is the victory theme. Um, so whenever you win a battle, there's a victory theme. I don't know, I just like the whistles and the bells in this thing, so I thought it was pretty catchy. When, I don't know, it's kind of like a relaxing feel to it when you win. So, um, yeah, I just liked it. There's nothing like nothing else that really caught my ear, so uh, this is the victory theme. Alrighty. So that was Sweeken 4. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Um, our next game is going to be Luffy and the Fortress of Doom. Um, and I think actually we're all almost halfway done with it. So that review should be coming out pretty quickly as well. Yeah, we've been kind of knocking them out a little quicker, which is nice. So I hate going like over a month because I would finish and then like not play it for a month and I forget a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, it definitely helps that Travis ain't playing these games, so we don't have to worry about trying to coordinate with him. So It's so much easier to coordinate with two people. and at The third person, it's just like, we all got to find a time that we're available. And it's, you, like, we live in three different places. So it's yeah. almost impossible because if you, if I got going, something going on, you guys are free, or if me and you are free, Travis has got something going on, or he's just like, I'm hanging with my kids tonight, or whatever. So it's just it's just hard. So well, that's part of being an adult. So it might be actually a little bit longer if we if we can't figure out time to uh, coordinate. Oh yeah, but well, I'm sure we'll figure something out. We've done it before. Yeah, we might have to do like a nine a.m. or something again. <laughs> um, but uh, so far, I like it. I mean, it's not it's not like amazing or anything but it's like getting giving me that old school feel and you know it's got better story than this <laughs> that's for sure so and and the next and it sets up for the next one which 
It's way better. Oh yeah, I'll probably put that next to since might as well. Yeah. And then I probably will have to pick something newer because I'm getting tired of playing old games and <laughs> trying to. It's like breaking out the PS2 and then I gotta break out my PS3 and download this and hook up this old system and that's when I put my play on my PS5 again. I gotcha. But uh. Yeah, so I probably won't pick Suikoden 5 next. I'll probably take a break for a while. Maybe I'll pick that later on in the year. But at least now it's there whenever we, like whenever someone's ready for it. We don't have to... It's ready. Huh? So, yeah, we have it ready on the platter. Yep. So we're like, man, I really want to just play a good game. Like, we played a couple bad ones or something. Like, I think it's Suikoden 5 time. Like, that... That'd okay. Be, that'd be, like, a good palate cleanser. Like, if we play a couple crap... Like, if we play Elden Ring and it's, like garbage you know <laughs> yeah it won't be but all right <laughs> i mean i get i haven't looked looked into it so i, I don't know uh i'm pretty confident in, in from software's track record so yeah i've, I've they make some of the my favorite games so i there's no i have no reason to doubt that elden ring won't be fun so yeah that should be our next three games is going to be lufia fortress and doom I'll probably pick Sleepwood and Tactics unless, like, I just I bounce off of it after the first couple hours. Um, and then Travis will be picking because uh, that it comes out in February unless I get, it gets pushed back again. But it'll be uh, Eldering, right? Yeah, it's about a month away. Yeah. So that's probably the timeline at this point, but it could change. Never know. Definitely Luffy and yeah, no. we're playing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, I guess we'll wrap up then. Yep. Okay. Uh, we have a Discord. We haven't seen anybody new in a while, so as usual, make sure you click the Discord link in this show notes or whatever, and uh, hop on in. We'd love love to have you there. Talk to us. Yeah, we have. I mean, we have a pretty steady like maybe five to ten people in there. So, if you ever uh, want to bring your opinion on some kind of game. Uh, bring it in there and we'll all kind of give our two cents. It's kind of fun because most people I know have never played any of this shit. So that's where that's the whole reason I found this show in the first place. So, um, sorry, go ahead. It's always good to have people that you have stuff in common with to talk with. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, we do have an email address. You can email it at, uh, email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. We also have an Amazon affiliate link if you want to click that. Uh, give us like 5% of your purchase. Take that away from Jeff Bezos because he doesn't need any more money. Uh, you can also listen to our friends uh, Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Pujo uh, and Blaine also do uh, video games and movie stuff, so you can check that out as well. Did we have any uh, any, We don't have any emails. I just checked. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? No. Um, yeah, that's equal to M4. So. Alrighty. Well, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>